Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for downloading Sporgy for free on iTunes or from ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate Sporgy five stars on iTunes and help to tell others about Sporgy by leaving a comment. Thank you for following Sporgy on Twitter at Sporgy Podcast and on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. Please follow Sporgy on Facebook to like and share Sporgy. You can also email the show. The address is Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. If you would like to donate to Sporgy, you can click on the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at ChristopherMedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Sporgy. If you are looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you're helping to support Sporgy. We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. TheBroBasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own BroBasket or choose from a variety of different BroBaskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke gift set, or the Junior Executive gift basket. Boozeless, but still cool, BroBaskets are also available. TheBroBasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the BroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-assed sports fans giving their half-assed opinions. And now, here are your hosts. Alright, welcome to Sporty, episode 49. Who do we have for 49 here, Ice? Uh, I got Jake Arietta. Chicago Cubs, the race. Oh, man. The only reason I know he's 49 is because I watched him uh, right after he started. Yeah, and a current player. Something that's just kind of almost unusual for us. Usually we're, we're pulling from the classic ones with these numbers here. It's kind of yeah, funny. It's kind of funny. We're, all, we're also almost halfway to 100. Well, we are halfway to 100 because we're not going to do 100 unless we're going to do, uh, was it Gilbert Arenas? Was Agent Double O? Uh, probably a hundred in NASCAR somewhere. Maybe. Anyways, uh, I'm Rich. I am the Iceman. And we were without Chris this week, unfortunately, for the only the second time in three years of doing shows with the gentleman. His real life interfered with him being able to make the show. Uh, but if everything goes as planned, he will be back next week. We'll be back to our our three-person half-ass crew of talking heads. So yeah, this I'm going to miss him too, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted I was, to call him out, man. He almost got caught on uh, Boston. Boston. Oh. Yeah, well, dude, the shit talking that goes on in the private chat, sometimes I think we should like take screen post, screenshots of that and post it on like our Twitter feed or something. That way people can see the shit that goes on behind the scenes. Because sometimes it's more interesting than what happens on air, but... Well, anyways, uh, yeah, let's just jump right into it. NBA playoffs. I'm not even going to bullshit. This is not my forte, but I, I have been starting to pay attention more so to the Eastern Conference because of the nonsense that happened in Game 7. But I'll let, I'll let Iceman pick the uh, 
the order we're going to talk about it here. Yeah, I, I unfortunately, about? I unfortunately uh, follow the NBA. It's really, I mean, the the offshoot games are fun, like w- the Wizards and, and the the Celtics series. That was a great series. But everybody knows that it's going to be Cleveland. It's going to be, you know, Golden State. We're just waiting. And uh, but in the meantime, there's so much to talk about. Uh, you know, Game Seven was a barn burner, if you will, with Celtics and uh, uh, the Wizards. Did you catch any of that? Um, no, I just caught the highlights. But I think we're aren't we jumping ahead here because when Washington won Game Six, which one of their players hopped up on the scoring table like he had just actually won a fucking uh, Wesley Wall. Camp- yeah, like he had won a championship, which, yeah. I mean, if Boston wearing all black to Washington was enough to piss Washington off, I think that was enough to piss the Boston fucking Celtics off to be like, oh, okay, you want to celebrate like you won something? Then, then what we're going to do is we're going to let you taste that victory in, in the game seven, and then we're going to snatch that shit from your mouth, and you can celebrate that motherfucker. Hey, Rich, mm. your, your half-ass sports fan is showing. The reason he jumped up there... It's because he hit a three with 3.2 seconds left, and that won game six for him. I understand, but that didn't win any series. What are you celebrating like you fucking won in a series for? No, he's celebrating like he won game six to push it to a game seven. I think, I'd have jumped over that motherfucker, and I can't jump. <laughs> no, 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 I get your point. You got a hell of a point. Yeah, he jumped up there, and look at me, and here we go game seven, and... It was a barn burner. It really was. It, I mean, it was real close at halftime, damn near tied, and uh, it came down to the wire. You know, Celtics won by ten, but it, it wasn't a blowout. I'll give them that. Everybody thought that shit, that game, that series should have been done at uh, five, five games, just given Washington won, but full seven. <clears throat> Excuse me, and uh, everybody's waiting because LeBron James has been off for ten days. Cleveland Cavaliers doing absolutely fuck off for ten days. Now they got to come in and play the Celtics, who have well, been going is, nonstop. Oh boy! The thing is that Cleveland hasn't fucking lost a game in the pro season yet. I mean, they're just rolling over teams, and I can't. I don't. It seems to me that it. it and this is once again not a huge basketball fan. I'm just pulling this out my ass. But it seems to me that. At, the NBA isn't like Major League Baseball to where teams that tend to sweep going into the World Series lose momentum that the teams that end up playing more games keep when they finally get to the World Series. Because we've seen this in, in, in the last you know, 10, 15 years quite a bit, especially we've seen it in Detroit twice now, where the Tigers swept in the, in the League Championship Series and then sat waiting for their opponent to be decided and then go into the World Series and get their ass handed to them because they've been off for the better part of a week. And uh, it's, the, it's, it's more um, rhythm with NBA. They need a chemistry, a certain rhythm, chemistry type thing. And we saw it uh, with the Golden State Warriors when they played uh, San Antonio first game. The whole first half, they were just way off rhythm. Throwing balls out of bounds to nobody. Uh, passing, just being intercepted by the Spurs. It, it was a terrible first half for Golden State. And I think that's what a lot of people are worried about with with Cleveland. 
They've been sitting there doing absolutely nothing for 10 days. You're going to get back on the court, try to run up and down the court. Your rhythm's going to be off. Your shot's going to be off. You know, so it's not like Major League Baseball or it's not like any other sport, actually. Um, well, maybe hockey. Maybe hockey. See, I was going to say, it seems to, it seems to me that you would almost benefit from resting in NBA because it is, let's be honest here. I mean, it's, look, basketball is in no way as physical as football and as hockey. But football is once a week period. And they, they do, they tend to do the two weeks between, you know, uh, league championship games and a and Super Bowl. NHL, I mean, those guys can get fucking wore out. And just like, that's one thing I will say that for the NBA, they their playoff format is just like the NHL's format. It's a quarter of a, or a third of a season, really, added to the end of the season if, if all series go seven games. So, I mean, that's quite a few games to play. So that's why I imagine it doesn't hurt them to have time off. I would just worry about, okay, are they getting rusty? Or, let's be honest here, We've we've talked about it a lot this season. Uh, one of my theories is I think I think LeBron's kind of a little bit of a head case. That, he, that that's why he's always talking about he wants help. He doesn't want to be the guy taking the shot at the you know the last second constantly. He wants that that he basically wants that fucking that all star team around him. You know, yeah, so he, he can he, dish it off to somebody else to take the shot if he has to. He he definitely wants to, a game dominated that doesn't come down to a last second shot like Jordan or or who have you. But um, yeah, uh, you know, four or five days off, you know, even six days off to rest, great. But Cleveland's had ten days off, Rich. I mean, if That's you're not doing shit, time, yeah, you, you know, there's a certain rhythm you have to have with your shots that you could just hit, you know, from anywhere. If you're not doing anything for 10 days, that rhythm goes away. You know, there's a certain chemistry you develop with your teammates that you know exactly when they're going to cut, exactly where to pass it. 10 days off, you're like, all right, where was he going again? You know, and like I said, we saw that with game one with Golden State, and they didn't have 10 days off. They had like, you know, a week maybe, I think, off. Well, yeah, and also they got plenty of time to think themselves into a corner. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes psyching yourself out, having too much time to think, is worse than having no time to think. Because if you have no time to think, you're running on instinct, basically. And, I mean, these guys, everything they do on that court is second nature to them. There's no thinking about, <laughs> how do I put this? <laughs> Go watch kids in, in, in like, Go watch like twelve-year-old kids in school who aren't on basketball teams, and they're thinking about you know everything they're doing. These guys, you can—they're professionals. They don't—they you know—it's—it's it's instinct. And if you have time just to sit and ponder shit, the only thing I guess going for Cleveland is they've been here before. They're not like a young team that's going, oh, we've never, we've never, we've never been to this far, and and oh shit, the whole city's depending on us because there's a fifty-year drought or whatever the fuck out of championship. All that shit's in the past now for him. I yeah, mean, you can say what you want about LeBron. He's a veteran of the wars at this point. Yeah, and, and it, it, like I said, it just it's it's going to be interesting to watch this first game. Just the first game. After that, if Cleveland doesn't dominate it, it, it it's because, you know, LeBron just wants to make it interesting. Uh, there's no reason 
uh, they, they should not dominate this series. Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Got. I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. As far as the four teams left, the teams, the e. Excuse me. As far as the four teams left, I really. I, I guess I want to see Golden State get in there because I think probably they're the best team out of the West. And to be honest with you, I'm so fucking sick of San Antonio. I mean, I. I it's not even a hatred for San Antonio. Now I get how people feel who aren't Red Wings fans and they're not and the Red Wings don't necessarily bounce their team out of the playoffs on a year to year basis. But it's like, God damn, can we get a different team in there besides the Red Wings at some point? That's kind of how I feel about San Antonio. I'm like, you old motherfuckers, really? Really? But then at the same time, I gotta give it up. They built a franchise that dude, what was it? Twelve years ago we were sitting here with a fucking Detroit Pistons, San Antonio Spurs final. And San Antonio has been relevant that entire time. You cannot say that about Detroit. That's for goddamn sure. Well, yeah, but San Antonio is is just like uh, the Patriots. You know, Greg Popovich is a mastermind when it comes to the court. I mean, he'll take just about anybody, any five guys on that court and make it interesting. San Antonio has turned into what? I heard that writer in Ken Burns Baseball say about the New York Yankees, the all is right in the world of baseball when the Yankees are in the playoffs and they and they lose, and San Antonio <clears throat> is is kind of like that in the NBA now. All is right in the the NBA when San Antonio's in the in the playoffs and they lose on the way to the finals because it builds up a story. But oh look, hey, here's it, it just like you said. You know, the Patriots, here's the perennial playoff contenders, and they made it to round three, and they got their ass handed to them. Okay. You know, so there's the team to watch coming out of the West is whoever beat San Antonio. Honestly, Cleveland, I just, (laughs) being born in Michigan, for people who aren't from around here, or Ohio, Cleveland... uh, and Ohio in general, Michigan and Ohio, they, they, they don't really like each other. Let's just put it that way. So <laughs> it's really hard for me to root That's for any team. That's an understatement. Yeah, it's really hard for me to root for any team coming out of that fucking state down there. So, and on top of it, eh, I, I I'm not on the I'm not on the uh, the fuck LeBron train at the front, you know, you're the conductor of that train, but I, I'm not in, I I'm built not in that the fucking train by hand, every rivet. Yeah. You and the Chinese built the fucking railroad that you're riding that train. On. <laughs> but what I'm getting at is I may not be up in front and I may not be like your co-conductor, but I'm definitely going along for the ride. You're so not what coast, I, right? <laughs> exactly. Would I like to see Boston smack the shit out of Cleveland? Of course. I think it would be an, it'd be an amazing story. It would bring in a lot of the old timer fans. This, if this series goes seven, six, seven games, I think you're going to see and hear a lot more talk from people who maybe have tuned out of basketball, the old, the old school fans, because Boston really hasn't done shit since what they got the big three, and they haven't been to a conference final since 2012. Right. So I mean. You know, that's five years at this point. It's not a long time in the span of lifetime, but that's a long time in sports. A story that got really buried 
this week? Seriously. I mean, just they dug a grave, put it in there, and just walk over it now. It's not even there. Is is uh, James Harden. This cat loses the series. Doesn't even, I mean, he shows up, but he doesn't play. The, the, the Houston Rockets scored nine field goals in the game, I think. Nine. Two-point field goals. What? And then he goes out to a club and parties that night. He's, he's got, there's a, a video of him out there just partying away. Like, dude, you just lost the series. You're supposed to be the league MVP. You didn't even yeah. show up to play, bro. You just show up to say, okay, I'm here. Like, what did, what did uh, Beast Mode say? I'm here so I don't get fined? Yeah. I'm just I'm just here yeah, so I don't that, get fined, yep. Right. That's basically what Harden did. I mean, and the rest of the Houston Rockets. It was terrible, bro. San Antonio didn't even have to try to beat him. It was sick. Yeah, and you know, okay. We, but are you, well, are we you, all talked about... We all talked about the the MVP of the league. Who should it be? Should it be Westbrook? Should it be Harden? Should it be Kawhi Leonard? Maybe LeBron, you know, whatever. And Westbrook got spanked by Harden. Harden didn't even show up to Kawhi. And LeBron James is is 8-0 going into the next series. So, I mean, nobody's talking about that shit now. Nobody. They said it for a second when it it happened. They were like, well, I, I don't know. We're going to have to ask him for an explanation. He came out and said that it's all on me, and then he went out and party. I don't know. And then it went away. Nobody said fuck all else about it. And now nobody's talking about the MVP of the league. Like, somebody do something. Damn. Well, I mean, dude, is your is your beef with the fact that he went out and partied and was caught on video doing it, or is your beef... That he went out and partied, period. My I mean, beef is it, everything. My beef is that he should have been the league MVP, you know, pulling his, his troops together. He's going to the playoffs. He's the general, you know, and then get in there, put him, put fucking Westbrook to bed. He shouldn't be MVP. I got this. Going into the Spurs and just, I mean, didn't even just lay an egg, dude. Just kind of sat there and, and watched. And then when he was done, it's like, okay, he's not hurt. He's not sick. He's out fucking partying. Like, he could care less that he just lost. I mean, That's okay. That's not league MVP. That's all I'm me, saying. And let everybody me, lets him get away with it. Let me play devil's advocate here. Okay, one, the man is worth millions. Two, losing there's more to. There's definitely a fuck ton more teams that lose during the season than there are standing and and holding the championship trophy at the end. All right. So losing isn't isn't like you know a remote fucking experience for the, for this man. He's done plenty of it in his fucking life. That's just the nature of the game. Is this maybe a case of because we're fans? And we it, we take losses as hard as we do. I mean, think about it. Because if it, <clears throat> dude, if the Lions made it to the Super Bowl and then got blown the fuck out, all right, I'm sure there'd be some Lions fans that go, "Hey, at least they made it to the fucking Super Bowl." No, 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 it's, no. It I'm sucks. Not, oh, I'm not bro. saying that. I'm not saying you know, blown out is one thing. You know, if if Harden was out there running up and down the court as hard as he could, trying to block shots, trying to make shots, diving for loose balls. Put everything he had and just gave it all. It wasn't enough. I understand. And they lost. Okay. I'm Hey, go out and have a beer. Have a double shot on me. All right. But this motherfucker, literally, Rich, you have to see it. 
He literally, him and the rest of, I'm going to say the rest of them because ain't nobody safe in that one, or the, the Rockets, didn't do a fucking thing to stop San Antonio, bro. Nothing. I mean, they shouldn't have even been there. It was that bad. And then he goes out and is like, yeah, whatever, and starts drinking. And I'm like, you don't even care, bro. And all of this, Rich, all of it, I put all of, this is the beef. He's nominated, he's looked at as the league MVP. I got you. At least a candidate. So, but once again, you're representing the league. Once again, we're sitting here and we're ascribing to him values that we have that maybe he doesn't have, man. I mean, you say he doesn't care. How do you know he doesn't care? Because he went out and fucking partied afterwards. How many guys get fucking. You know how many guys come home from work and their wife is sitting there with her bags packed and her coat on going, we got to have a talk and get dumped, you know, the, uh, I want a divorce talk. And then that night go out and get fucking shit faced. Everybody deals with shit differently. That's what I'm getting at. I mean, dude, he's a fucking professional basketball player. I imagine one of two things is going through his, I mean, and uh, once again, pulling this completely out of my ass, but I imagine one of two things is going through his mind that he did play like shit. And he doesn't want to sit and dwell on it because he doesn't want to think himself into a fucking corner and fuck his own mind up and mind fuck himself. So he goes out and he fucking parties and he blows off steam. Or, you're right, he doesn't give a shit. He's one of these guys that's like, okay, my season's over, it's done, it's over with. Basketball is what I do, it's not who I am. I'm going to go out and do whatever. Because we, there's your story with fucking... Uh, 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 What's his face from the Red Wings that you met? Went oh, to Ward. Him. Aaron Ward. Yeah, Aaron Ward. Aaron Ward. Yeah, you know I don't want to talk about work when I'm not at work. You know, oh, I wanted to, I wanted to fucking drop gloves. If I if I could have <laughs> thought for a half a second, I could have fucking oh, <clears throat> work. You play a game, you fucking rich bastard. I mean, once again, this is all fucking. This is all devil's advocate on my part. I think it's poor. I think it's, to me, I think it's poor form to get caught on video partying like that. You want to party after your team took a fucking big L like that. You know what you do? You pull the Derek Jeter. You throw a party at home. You tell everyone check your cell phone at the fucking front door. And you do it. And you do that. You do your shit low key. All right. There's. I mean, I'm not saying don't have a life. I'm not saying walk around all summer like someone just fucking kicked you in the dick and ran over your dog because you fucking lost a series. All right. I mean, on top of that, the guy's twenty-seven years old, right? But I'm not saying I'm not saying that either, Rich. Like I'm saying, the whole thing: go out and party and blow it off. I get it. My problem with all of that is his performance in that game, him and the Rockets. They didn't do dick, boss. Nine two-point field goals. Nine. Come on, man. I got well, you. And, and what did what did he do last year in the playoffs? It, it basically, same thing. So are you saying he can't handle pressure? I'm just saying, once, okay, that could be an anomaly. Twice, you know, and and, and hey, once could be once could just be a fucking weird, you know, hiccup in this whatever in his career, and people laugh and goof about it. Twice, if I'm a fan and he's on my team, I'm not laughing anymore. If it happens a third time, a pattern's been set, and now there's an issue. I mean, this is why there's players who are great regular season players in all sports who get to the playoffs and just fucking stink it the fuck up. I mean, 
I don't know if he can't handle the pressure. He maybe he can't at this point. I mean, how many? How long was until LeBron went to Miami? He didn't win shit. He did not win shit. Yeah, LeBron, LeBron's a victim of he needs other people. He's not good enough to do it by himself. Maybe we're going to be sitting here in a couple seasons talking the same shit about Harden. That's what I'm getting at. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe we've entered a weird part or a weird point in time where the Michael Jordans, the Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, the guys that almost can will a team to win single-handedly are becoming less and less and less for whatever reason. The generals? Because think about it. The big three didn't start with LeBron down in Miami. It started with the Celtics putting together Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and uh, Kevin Garnett. That was the first big three. And it seems like the league, certain teams in the leagues from that point on have been copying that team's playbook for success. Yeah, because before that, it was basically the dynamic duo. You know, you had Jordan Pippen, Mm -hmm. uh, Shaq Shaq, uh, Wade, Shaq Kobe. You know, you had, you know, the dynamic duo, and you could build around that. Shaq and my grandmother, and they still won a championship. Yeah, (laughs) you know. (laughs) You know, I had an interesting conversation with a guy at work. I don't put uh, Shaq as the top center in, in NBA history. I don't. Because the man couldn't shoot. Could he block? Could he defend? Oh, absolutely. Could he jam? Oh, absolutely. But he couldn't shoot. Matumbo, I think, is probably my number one center in history. Well, dude, it, I mean, Shaq was never known as a fucking you know gunslinger out on the court. His thing was he was just so goddamn big and strong. He dominated other guys. I mean, it was yeah, just like. But but people figured that out, and that's where it became hack a Shaq. Well, yeah, but also by the time they figured that out. That motherfucker was, you know, remember his knees, he may be, what, 7'1 or whatever the fuck he is, something ridiculous, but he is a human being. And all that weight running up and down the court on all his joints, that shit caught up to his ass. And by the time they figured we can just hack his ass, set him to the free throw line, because that became a fucking national joke that Shaq couldn't make a goddamn free throw to save his life. He couldn't make a jump shot, period, boss. If he wasn't sticking at home, he was screwed. Yeah, but that wasn't the fucking, that wasn't the the talk nationally. And the talk nationally was send him to the line and fucking watch him th- just airball it. Brick, brick. I mean, you know, I was waiting right. for Woody hey, Harrelson to pop. I was waiting for Woody Harrelson to pop out and be like, we're going to take all these bricks and build a homeless shelter. That way your mama and your sister can move out my house, Shaq. Like, I expected some, like, white men can't jump t- shit talking I, I'm surprised that he didn't get more. I'm, I mean, I'm sure that there was plenty of shit talked his way on the court, but I'm surprised we didn't hear more about it. But, dude, I mean, yeah, it, but the game's... For that reason, I don't... I just... I can't. I, I can't got put you, him man, as number one. I mean, but look, back to players who are actually still in the NBA and games that are still relevant in the NBA. I think... You know, I, I was thinking about this earlier, and I was talking about this with, a, with uh, apparently this was, we, we talked to buddies at work week, because I was talking about this with a buddy at work, and we were talking about more about the NHL playoffs, but we were talking about sports in general, and a lot of the things that we've talked about on the show in the past, I brought up, 
And he just kind of flat out looked at me and he goes, dude, maybe it's just time we accept that we're the old guard now. We're the ones that, that the young crew is like, okay, well, you know, given another 25 years, 30 years, whatever, they'll be dead. We'll be the old guard. And we'll be sitting there talking about back in the day. But maybe this, this is just how sports has changed these days. And just like everybody else who gets old, we don't like change. We, we, and I agree with this. I totally agree with this because I, I've seen it. People tend to get caught up mentally in a time when they started first experiencing a lot of things. And one of the most strong, one of the strongest experiences people attach to a time period is the first time they started getting some pussy on a regular basis, or some dick if you're a female. All right, and or LBGT, I don't care, not a uh, yeah. or a fence post, <laughs> a fence post if you're asexual. I don't know what the fuck you do, but anyways, <laughs> I mean. But seriously, I mean, we, we kind of do. We kind of romanticize, you know, time. If you look to the times that we've talked about on this show over damn near 50 episodes, a lot of the times we romanticize in our mind is like teenage years to early 20s. And I mean, that's when the world was new and all these things were we were experiencing for the first time. And somewhere when we were doing all that shit, there was 40-year-old men, people our parents' age, going, well, you young fucks don't know what you're talking about because none of this shit's new. Ain't nothing new under the sun going on. It's just new to you because you haven't experienced it yet. And there we're bitching about, well, the changes in the game, the changes in the game, changes in the game. Especially games like football. And I mean, rightfully so. Go back and look at how they played in the 60s. Those fuckers were clotheslining each other out there. Horse collar tackling, grabbing masks, trying to literally twist people's heads off like it was a beer beer bottle top. It's I mean, it was... shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, dude. Frank oh, no, Gifford, dude. Frank Gifford got you. laid out, and the dude fucking did a Muhammad Ali celebration over top of him. Like, that's what you get, you know? And I was like, <laughs> God damn. Like, nowadays, they'd find that motherfucker, dig up his grandmother, smack her, fucking take his firstborn child, you know? Suspend him. Absolutely. Exactly. No, yeah. no, no, no. Every every league of sports, I guarantee you, has definitely changed. It, it, we are the old guard in every aspect. You can't intentional walk in baseball. Come on, man. Yeah, that is, yeah. You know, yeah, you, you can't touch anybody in football. It's turned into two-hand touch. Last season didn't. I was kind of shocked. I was like, wait a minute. They could be going back. But, uh, basketball if somebody goes in and leans on you you get a foul for them leaning on you what <laughs> you know uh hockey if if you come by and, and your stick happens to touch somebody you know near the shoulder pad of some sort all you did was turn around but the stick touched them on the shoulder oh high sticking what what yeah that oof. i couldn't so yeah We'll, we'll get to that, but I can, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in every we'll get, facet, in every game, every league, we are definitely the old guard because we're, it's not even a suck it up buttercup moment. It's like, are you fucking kidding me moment? Yeah, there's definitely a bunch of, you know, what the fuck, and I'm left scratching my head the older I get when I watch sports versus when I was younger, it was just, oh, this is bullshit, the refs are out to get us. Now it's like, I don't know what the fuck, the, half time I'm like, I don't know what the fuck the refs are doing. <laughs> seriously it's a, it's like umpires an umpiring crew 
on a baseball series, and I'm not even talking like a playoff series. I'm just talking like a, just an average series in May. You know, you never know. That entire crew, everybody on that crew is going to have a chance behind the plate to call balls and strikes. And you, that every umpire on that crew's strike zone could be different from the one that was, you know, behind the plate the day before and is, will be different than the guy who's behind the plate the next day. And that's just like, okay, at some point, we are in the 21st century. Right? We are not that fucking... We, we have private citizens wanting to fucking send people to Mars and start colonizing it, okay? Not governments. Dude, we got to get some consistency in what these fucking refs are calling. <laughs> this is ridiculous, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, Case in point is with uh, the Golden State Warriors. You know, Kawhi Leonard's hurt now. Rich, check this out. Kawhi Leonard got hurt because he jumped up to shoot a three. Okay. Zaza Pachuli put his foot back as he turned around. He went to block, missed the block, turned to see if the ball went in. His right foot went back a little bit when he did. And uh, Kawhi Leonard came down on his foot and rolled his ankle. Okay. And they called that a foul for invading his landing space. Like, this is the NBA. This ain't the motherfucking airport. Landing space? Uh, yeah, fu- 10 years You know, ten years ago, and I, I can attest to this because I remember it happening in, in basketball games 10 years ago. They'd have called that, <laughs> that you got bad luck, dude. Sorry. You came down. Dude, on the- ten, ten, 15 years ago, they'd have kicked him in the fucking ankle as it came down. Well, I mean, but I'm just saying, 10 years ago, they'd just been like, you just came down on someone else and rolled your ankle. Sorry about your luck. Watch where you're landing, dude. What the fuck? Yeah. It splits. What, you know? <laughs> hey, shit happens, man. You know? But I'm, earlier in the game, his own teammate tripped him. He, he shot a three-point from by the bench. And, and when he landed, he stepped back and then went to run. And his own teammate's foot tripped him and he rolled his ankle. I'm like, come on, man. Stop it. This man is just accident prone. How you, his <laughs> landing space... We need to get a marshal out there with fucking orange wands and a yellow vest. That's what I was Land thinking. Here, yeah. Not here. What the fuck? I'm thinking like an air traffic control guy, like out there, like waving them. No, 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 no. Come down a little bit to where you're left. A little bit to your left. Yeah, that's just silly, bro. And and Greg Popovich said that the play that the plays that they're doing that Golden State's doing is unprofessional and unsportsmanlike. He turned around and looked where the ball went, man. Come on. Wow. Well, uh, Popovich bitching, uh, that to me, like, okay, even if he has a legit beef, that smacks of, like, you know, the lottery winner bitching about the taxes they take out of the the, the billion dollars he won. Oh, so you only have half a billion? You expect me to cry for you? Dude, the Spurs, how many times in this run of dominance the Spurs have had have they been the benefactor of a bullshit call? No, I don't see, a, I don't see Popovich out there expert. apologizing for it. Popovich used to have a defense expert on his team that would get inside players' heads, would do little shit like step back to trip somebody or whatever. Uh, Chris Bowen was his name, he, and did it all the time. Did it very well, <laughs> uh, and uh, Popovich was fine. Now something like that happens to his team, and oh, I gotta cry about it. I gotta cry. It's, it's unsportsmanlike. 
and as much as I, it pains me to say this, I think that's just part of the sports landscape, regardless of the sport anymore in 2017. I, I think oh, the fact is. that oh. social media, ESPN, Fox Sports, I mean, it, it just is, just like we talk about the news cycle when it comes to non-sports news, they, they, they have to fill that time. They can't just fucking sit there and talk about the same thing over and over all day for a couple days in a row until the next story hits. They have to fill time. That's what lends itself to bullshit like this. All right? Because honestly, if this was 20 years ago, Popovich would have said what he said. They would have just reported on it. Maybe there would have been like a little bit of a debate on it, and that would have been the end of it. I'm sure if I turned on ESPN and Fox Sports right now, I wouldn't have to wait very long to have you know, it's a, to hear this this segment and his and his comment having its own segment, and then the debate, and then we're gonna then we're gonna go back to the talking heads and get their opinions on it and blah blah blah. And it's just like, I mean, I get it, man, but God damn, I don't it, know, man. That's like I'm saying, it kind of gets old sometimes. Is all I'm saying. Right, but you want to talk about Popovich crying unsportsmanlike, but you let somebody like James Harden just go under the radar now. That's a huge story. I mean, huge. And if if you read up on it, you'll see what I'm talking about. The way that they lost, not just that they lost and went and partied, the way that they lost is huge. But no, let's not talk about that. Greg Popovich has spoken. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I think I think a lot of it has to do with the Harden story. What it has to do with it is it happened after the fucking game. If this would have been the Miami boat thing, like happened with the New York Giants, yeah, it would be a bigger story without a doubt. Well, and I mean, I, it basically, it's the same thing without the boat, bro. He's in a nightclub drinking up, having a grand old time. Same thing. Except for that was before the game for the Giants. Right. This is this is after they're done and, and over with the playoffs. So whether we agree with it or not, you know there's people sitting there going, well, at least he waited until he was out of the playoffs to do that. It was like he was in a fucking hurry to get out of the playoffs so he could do that. <laughs> that It's like you, it's <laughs> like you're closing up shop for the end of the night. You just throw shit under the cupboard, you know, wipe something down with a dirty rag, click, turn off the lights, and run out the door. What the fuck? Do you follow me around at work and I don't know it? See what I'm saying? That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what he did, man. But look, yeah. with the penalties and shit, we talked about Kelly last week, twisting on uh, Love's arm. Yeah, you know, and, and there's there's some dirty shit. Call that. But coming down on a player's leg because he stepped back, because he turned around to see where a ball went, and calling it, you got in his landing space. Seriously? Yeah. NBA players have personal space now? Stop it. Well, I think at this point, we just what we need to do is, I, I, as it stands right now, we're recording on Tuesday. Golden State's up one on San Jose, and obviously Boston and Cleveland have yet to play. Yeah, um, they're playing tonight. Golden State is. Uh, we should probably go ahead and get our picks in. I'm going to say the same thing I've been saying during the, the NHL playoffs a lot. Uh, I'm going to pick who I think is going to win and hope that I'm wrong because I think it's going to be Cleveland over Boston. I don't, I, I'd rather see Boston in the finals. I'm, I'm tired of the Cleveland show. I personally, I think that, you know, I don't, I don't have the, 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 the baggage 
for LeBron that you appear to, but I do think that <clears throat> his highness, yeah, he could, he could be knocked down a notch or two, and that would be fine in my book. He just on takes that king shit way too far. That's all I'm saying. Well, on top of it, man, I've said this multiple times in the show before, like pretty much my favorite player, I, you know, I, I guess pre-80, you know, or, or post-1980s, early 90s in, in the NBA was always Allen Iverson. Just a fucking tiny guy amongst giants out there fucking just being a warrior and just willing his team to win. And so, yeah, I'm not comparing Isaiah Thomas to to Iverson at, right now in that aspect, but I do like the fact, I, I think I think it's a good story. I mean, you well, know, his sister died. Isaiah Thomas to Isaiah Thomas. Oh, Isaiah God. Thomas back in, in the Bad Boys era did the exact same thing that this kid's doing now. They're not related, but he was named after Isaiah Thomas because of a bet his father made. He said that if the if uh, the bad boys beat the Lakers in the finals, when he had a son, he would name him Isaiah Thomas. Well, we all know bad boys beat the Lakers in the finals, and when Isaiah Thomas's father had him, he goes, all right, he spelt it different, but it's still Isaiah Thomas. But yeah, I mean, but he plays what like I, him. dude, he's a fucking tiny guy compared to the rest of the guys out there. Uh, but he's even smaller than Detroit's Isaiah. Detroit's Isaiah, is, I think, is like six one. Isaiah Thomas right. on Boston, if he's listed as six six foot by the Celtics, I think they're giving him an inch or two to be polite. Maybe like serious. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's kind of it's it's like I said, it's 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 this is not a trick that's. You know, hidden from the public, I just don't think that people really stop and think about it very often. A lot of times, especially in hockey, you look at the heights and weights. Yeah, they're weighing and they're fucking taking, you know, measuring how tall those guys are with skates on and full fucking pads. You know, I, I've had friends who've met players who on their card it says they're 6'5". And I've had friends who are 6'5", meet the guys, and they're looking down at them. And they're like, you ain't no 6'5". You're like 6'2", 6'3". You know? <laughs> But whatever. Where's your blades at? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I I, I think Cleveland's going to take that series. I don't want them to, but I think they will. I, is it even a fucking question of whether Golden State's going to roll over San Antonio? Well, actually, uh, they're playing tonight, and Kawhi's questionable, doubtful even. And here's the thing. Game one, uh, at the half, Golden State was down, like, 20 points. The most they were down was like 25 points. Soon as Kawhi Leonard got hurt, choom, here came Golden State. No, no, I, I do know that. But I also know that <laughs> tinfoil hat time. Guys, we almost made it an hour without putting our tinfoil hats on, at least one of us. The NBA has a tendency to, to have officials who will sway a series. I mean, out of all the major sports, in modern times, the NBA is the only one to get caught with referees being caught, paid off to fucking call a game a certain way. So, I mean, to me, the stink of that is still on them. Because right now, the NBA has got to love the fact that they have two teams in the Western Conference Finals who swept their way to, or to the Conference Finals who swept their way there and could sweep their way into the Finals. And think about that. Has there ever been two unbeaten teams in the NBA Finals? Not that no, I can I don't remember. Think so. 
Not in my lifetime that I remember. The Sweet Maybe. Ball 3 series? Yeah. No. Maybe back in, like, back in the, 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 them wearing panties and calling them shorts, and they were all running around in Chuck Taylors and shit days. Just a bunch of white boys doing layups and shit. I don't know. But I, I, I think that definitely the NBA is fucking sitting there with a rock-hard dick going, oh, God, if Cleveland sweeps Boston and Golden State sweeps the Spurs, that's going to make such a good fucking story going into the finals. Because they're going to have people the most Somebody casual. Somebody has to lose. Exactly. And they're going to have the most casual fans now t- tuning in because here's two teams who didn't lose on their way to the finals. And now, just like you said, somebody's going to have to take an L. So, Yeah, game one would be just the viewership would be off the charts. Definitely. And there's history there also between these two teams. So, yeah, they had him down 3-1. They had him one in the finals, and they came yeah. back and beat him. Exactly. So there's there's that storyline, too. I mean, that's that's really what I think. I mean, this is kind of getting off the subject of NBA, but not really. It's just more of encompassing all the all sports at this point in time. This is what I think you get a lot more of these days than when we were kids. The storylines besides what's happening on the court, besides the wins and losses and stats. You get a lot more off-the-court insight into what's going on with players, the shit-talking that goes on back and forth, et cetera, Yeah, because et cetera, they, think that, they think that'll drum up business and interest, and you got to watch to see what happens. And I, But i gotta, I got to ask, man, how much of that is fucking professional sports taking a cue from the WWE and going... God damn well, considering it. that ESPN runs the WWE now, you know, airs it, yeah. I, I'm going to say a lot of it. Because back in the day, all you needed to know was Michael Jordan's on the Bulls, Bulls play at 9, where are you? In front of your TV at 9 o'clock going, come on, Ernest, let me see what you got. Pretty you much. Know, now, now you got Kawhi Leonard got intentionally hurt by the Golden State Warriors. Popovich screaming. Un, unsportsmanlike, unsafe practice. They meet tonight at 7. Kawhi is definitely questionable. What's going to happen? First game, while he was in, 20-25 point lead. Here comes game 2. It's like, what the fuck am I watching? Shut up, let me watch these 10 men try to fucking win. <laughs> I don't care that Popovich is upset. I don't care that they're Kawhi's Injured, let these two Titans go at it and see what happens. You know, fuck Steph Curry's on the fucking floor. Move. Shut up. Where's my mute button? <laughs> well, we'll see. You know, it, I mean, it's, it, def- it starts to sound like a main event at WrestleMania, dude. Well, dude, in the 90s, okay, I know that professional sports had to be sitting there going, what the fuck is going on to where so many people are flocking to Monday Night Raw, and et cetera, et cetera, and all these pay-per-view events. And if there's one thing, if there's one thing I've learned over the years about sports, the NFL, the NFL is called a copycat league. No. When it comes to ratings, they'll copy whoever they think that is going to fucking bring in the most ratings and put the asses in the seats and make the owners the more amount of money. And so, yeah, the interview before and after the game, during the game even, especially these days, has become pretty much standard. And that shit wasn't there when we were kids. 
There was no way. There was no way. There was no fucking way. I don't care how much growing up here in Detroit you had Sparky Anderson as the manager. There was no way he was going to put on a headset and give an interview in the middle of a fucking inning during the playoffs like they do nowadays with baseball managers in the playoffs. There's just no fucking way. In fact, I don't think Sparky would have gave an interview during the game in a commercial break. If someone would have walked up and said, can we talk to you? He'd be like, yeah, after the fucking game. I'm not here to talk. To, I don't get paid to talk to you during the game. I get paid to talk to you afterwards. I got a game to win. But it's, I, don't even th- I don't even think that's on the managers anymore. I think they're probably, it's, it's from the top down. They're being told, look, man, you got to make yourself more accessible. This is what puts asses in the seats. This is what gets people to tune in the shit. We need the drama. We need the, oh, yeah, shit, you know, because that's, hey, that's what sells, man. That's, that's well, what that sells. Goes back, that goes back to us being the old guard. Like I said before, all you needed to hear was Jordan's on the Bulls, Bulls play at nine. You're in your seat in front of your TV at fucking 8.55. They don't have that anymore. They tried real, real hard with King James, the leader of the NBA. Now, people are like, really? And then we watched for a minute, and we were like, this guy sucks. And then he went down to Miami and picked up a couple of guys, and he was all of a sudden a champion. And, oh, look at King James now. And then he came back home and was like, I'm the man. I got trophies and rings, and I'm the king, and I need help. (laughs) What the fuck? You're just the king, aren't you? What do you mean you need help? <laughs> and and now he's got all stars around him, and and all of a sudden he's the all the rage. And it's like, no, okay, he's not Jordan. He's not close to Jordan. Stop talking about it. He's not even uh, going to be near it. He the man's over thirty years old. He's only got three titles. That's half of what Jordan had. Dude, all I know is is somewhere there's a fucking LeBron James fan going, okay, asshole. Even King Arthur needed the Knights of the Round Table, so you can shut the fuck up now. Yeah, but if a knight died, King Arthur would knight somebody else. Damn. And that's Jordan. Whenever, see, that's what my biggest thing with Michael Jordan, all right, is Jordan only had one staple, all right? That was Scottie Pippen. That's it. Everything else around that man changed. And he still won. And he won with a guy named Bill Cartwright. And if you've never seen Bill Cartwright shoot, Oh, I implore you, go watch a video of that man. And he still won with him. So with LeBron, you can't interchange shit like that. He needs big-time names. He needs big-time scores. He needs big-time players because he's not enough by himself. And he can't raise people around him to the to his level like Jordan did. Okay, Jordan, he took Kerr. He took Paxton. Uh, Rodman, Grant, I, I could do this all day. B.J. Armstrong, he took people to the next level. Tony Kukoc, you know, he always raised the, their level to him, and they kept winning. No matter how many times you turned the dial and changed different people in, this, in different positions, Jordan always won. And I give you the the year he retired as evidence when he was out. And he went and tried baseball. What the Bulls do? They lost. The very next year, came back, won again. Huh? It's a miracle. No, it's fucking Michael Jordan. That's why he's the GOAT. And that's why somebody like LeBron will never be the GOAT. Kobe, 
not the GOAT. Good guy, hell of a player, not the GOAT. You have to have somebody else with you, and it has to be at your level. You're not good enough to bring them up. You're not good enough to play without them. And if you lose them, you've, you've done lost. All right, that's my rant. That's my problem. That's the whole problem with them. They try to make him the best, and he ain't. He's the uh, best today, but that's not saying much because the league has changed. Well, I, I, dude, I got you. I, the same criticism was leveled at Gretzky as was has been that you're leveling towards LeBron back in the day. Because if you look at those Oilers teams that he won cups with, they were fucking stacked, dude. They were stacked. And if you look at the L.A. team that made it to the to, to the finals after he was traded to L.A., they were nothing to sneeze at. But what did he do after that? Gretzky himself didn't elevate the Blues to cup contenders. He didn't fucking elevate the Rangers to cup contenders. I mean, after he left Edmonton, he never won shit again. After he did, after he didn't have a supporting cast of basically future Hall of Famers surrounding him. And there's a lot of talk that you know, oh, the two thousand two thousand one two thousand two Red Wings, you know, bought bought their championship with a bunch of Hall of Famers. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, well, dude, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Look who they added that season. Versus the players they had already had through the draft or through shrewd trades. I mean, if you if you look if you look it, at NHL, I, the only person I can think of as the goat, like Mike, is Stevie Y. That's the only person I could think of, and it's not a Homer thing. Let me explain. Steve Eiserman took every person on the Red Wings around him and made him better. Yeah, and he did it playing two different styles of hockey. Because right. when he came in, the, when he came in the league, he was just he was a beast when it came to scoring, and he became a fucking two way forward. He became a defensive forward. He won. The, I mean, he won the Selkie Trophy. He basically Bowman pulled him aside. Scotty Bowman pulled him aside and said, "Look, you don't buy into my way of playing. We're going to trade your ass." Bowman had no. Yeah, I mean, you're talking to Scotty Bowman, someone who already was basically penciled in as the greatest coach in NHL history before he ever agreed to take the Red Wings job. Are you really going to tell him to go fuck himself? No. Not if you're intelligent, you want to win. And I guarantee you guys in that locker room are going, what the fuck, man? We got Steve, you know, we got Stevie Wise, you know, 100-plus point player, and you want him to play a defensive checking style of hockey? Are you crazy? Do you understand what this man does when, you understand what this man does when we let him out there to fucking score? And you know, that's sure, why we got Probert McCarty, right? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure fucking Bowman said, yeah, and how many championships have you won with him playing like that? Whoops. I mean, and, and at that point, it's, well, I guess I'll just have a big old piece of shut the fuck up pie because he's got, he's got us there. Right. I mean, NFL is easy. Tom Brady is the GOAT because he does the exact same thing as Mike and Stevie. Takes whoever comes on that team, elevates them, and makes them an all-star. I don't think there's been a single quarterback in my 40 years on this planet who has given more white boys hope that they can play as wide receiver in the NFL than Tom Brady. Oh, absolutely not. Or, or tight end, let's put it that way. Because, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I'm not even a Patriots fan. Don't, I mean, whatever. I respect, I respect what they've done. That don't mean I like them. Even I have to admit that he just elevates everyone around him on that offense. I mean, 
But there's stories, and I mean, I'm not even talking about guys who are fucking at skill positions. There's stories about him and the way he works with his offensive line, and the way he treats those guys. That buys him a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, that they'd fucking lay down on some train tracks for him. You know, I mean, that's just. He he inspires that type of. I think that's what it really comes down to when it comes down to LeBron. And I don't think a lot of people want to hear this because people just see, oh, okay, he's LeBron, he's he's the king, blah blah blah, he's the heir apparent, whatever. The thing is, I don't think LeBron is an inspiring leader. Not, not like, even close. Not like a Tom Brady. Not like a Michael Jordan. You know, not like a Steve Eiserman. You've like never heard any of the people you just named come out and say, I need help on my team. Not, not like a Derek Jeter. Right. I mean, so I, I it just it is what it is at this point. And I think anyone who sits there and tries to argue that LeBron is better than fucking Michael Jordan is doing it because A, their paycheck depends on it. Or B, they're just a fucking homer. They're a Cleveland homer. Or what I'm seeing a lot more these days, there's a lot less fans of teams and there's more fans of players. So they're going to defend that player no matter what jersey he's wearing, unless he leaves your team, <laughs> a.k.a. Cleveland. Because I remember them burning Cleveland jerseys. I remember that. I remember clearly going to Ohio and they had taped a LeBron jersey as a fucking floor mat for you to wipe your feet on before you walked into a store. Yep. Okay. When he went to, when he went to Miami, that's gonna tell you all you need to know. But I think a lot more people are just fans of of a player, and because of that, they're blind to his spot in his spot historically in the sport he plays. Does it speak volumes that when Mike went to uh, Washington, that people still held on to their Jordan jersey and said, "Hey, he's he's still us. We still love him." We get it. He had to go. But we yeah, still but love him. This was just last night, man. Last night I just heard this on ESPN radio. They were talking about the Wizards. And one of the guys that was on the radio was like, look, I grew up in D.C. I grew up you know, being a Wizards fan. And I, I don't really give a shit about Michael Jordan on the Wizards because he never did anything. In fact, he came here and fucked up our franchise worse than before. I was like, God damn. Well, I mean, to some extent, that's true. Because one thing that we failed to mention that I know I've mentioned in the past, Michael Jordan, Scott, uh, Stevie Y, Tom Brady, all had one thing in common. They had remarkable coaches. They had the top tier, the best of the best coaches. If, they, if Mike and them are the GOAT as players, their coaches are the GOATs as coaches. And Phil Jackson proved it when he went from Chicago to LA and did the exact same thing with different people. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, uh, Bill Belichick did it when they stole his uh, draft picks, when they kicked out Tom Brady and Gronk was hurt. He threw a team together, put him out there, and still won <laughs> last season. And then went, went ahead and won the championship when Tom came back. Said, and then, you know what I'm saying? So, at some point in sports, you get the opportunity, and it's in all facets of sports. You get the opportunity to, to see the greatest coach ever with the greatest player ever, and, and they make history. Tyron well, Lue, not the greatest coach ever. Sorry, LeBron. Well, I mean, dude, there is serendipity when you get, you know, 
the greatest player player of his era or ever and one of the greatest coaches of his era or ever together. And I think we've been pretty lucky in our lifetime to see that happen. And, oh, and, what a show, though. <laughs> in pretty much all sports. I mean, it's, you know, you, you named them all. There's no point in me going over them. Well, I but did yeah. leave out the, the skipper and, and, and uh, the Yankees. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Even, even going back and watching documentaries about the Joe Torre days, Joe Torre is the man. And if there's any doubt about that, it's how he handled working for a nut job like George Steinbrenner. <laughs> because that, I think it was the 96 World Series. Game one, they lost badly. And Steinbrenner, being Steinbrenner, was ready to go all Steinbrenner. And just, you know, heads will roll. And, you know, there's a story that he walks into Joe Torre's office. And Joe Torre's like, you know, kind of like, yeah, that was, that was a rough game. But that was one game. And he was the type of guy that, that Steinbrenner's, you know, insanity just didn't affect for whatever reason. And in a, in a, and some re- reporters have said this over the years, in a way, because they he probably felt like, fucking, I'm playing with house money at this point. Pretty much. I mean, he had not been. He was not Joe Torre that we know before he went to the Yankees. I mean, he was basically middle of the road, maybe even lower head coach or manager of, 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 of baseball teams. That was how he was looked at. I mean, if you look back at, at that period of time, you had Jim Leland still coaching. You had Lou Pinella, Dusty Baker, Tony La Russa. Some of these guys had won championships at that point. Some of them hadn't. But those were, those, those were the guys that were considered you know, the top-tier guys. I mean, the old, the old guard had pretty much retired or died off. You know, Billy Martin... Sparky Anderson, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yep, so yep. before he before he became the the manager that everyone knew him as in New York, he wasn't even talked about in the same breath as those coaches. He just wasn't. I mean, so, you know, sometimes it's like a little bit of, like I said, serendipity. It's kind of like, you know, hey, you got two people whose lives are on completely different paths, and then they, they meet through... Pure fuckery, no planning. It wasn't like someone. I guarantee. Now I guarantee you, there's plenty of people in the Yankees organization who, looking back now, say, "Oh, of course we knew if we teamed up our team with him managing that this was going to happen." But that's. I guarantee. I'm calling bullshit on that, dude. Once oh, again, 100% that's percent bullshit. That's and once again, that's the asshole friend we all have who says they're they're the home team's going to win a championship that year, and when it finally happens, he walks around like a peacock puffing with his chest out, going, see, I told you. It's like, well, it's easy when you say it every year, stupid. You put the captain, Derek Jeter, with Joe Torre, and you knew that that was going to lead to the dynasty that was New York Yankees? I don't think so. Exactly. And they can't even say some shit like, well, we we knew Mariano Rivera was going to turn into the closer. He didn't. No, because you had John Wetland fucking closing for you at that point. All right, don't don't bullshit me. Andy Pettit, that stork-looking motherfucker, he, he wasn't Andy Pettit yet. Jeter wasn't Jeter yet. Jeter hadn't even fucking been balls deep in Mariah Carey yet, let alone the rest of his team photo. <laughs> he probably hadn't even got his first case of scorching herpes at that point. He was just a baby. 
shit. He was he was probably fucking going to scores, pulling strippers and shit. That's probably where he picked up the fucking herpes, allegedly. But yeah. Anyways, all right. So NBA playoffs. Are we pretty much on the on the same page as far as our picks here? You think Cleveland's going to get to the finals? Do you think Golden State's going to get to the finals? I I a hundred percent agree with you. Yes, I think Cleveland. But I do think it's going to be 4-2 in Cleveland. I think the Boston are going to win a couple. I don't think the San Antonio Spurs have a shot. They came out firing, but it's like I was trying to tell you, Golden State was off for a week, and you could see the rust. You could see that they just weren't in sync at all. And after game one, I I think they got it now. So I don't think uh, San Antonio's even – I think they're going to sweep. If you talk to Chris – Chris thinks that Boston could beat Cleveland. Hold on. That's why he's not he ain't, here. <laughs> he ain't here to defend himself. Don't put words in his mouth. He said could. I got it. I got it on text. He, I could. He, they could beat him. And if they do, I'm going to laugh. It's not going to happen. Yeah, and an asteroid could fall out the sky and hit us both right now. And we're sitting in completely different parts of the country. Is it likely? Don't think so. But it could happen mathematically, statistically, it's possible. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, once again, we're recording on Tuesday. So the game from the NHL playoffs that sticks in my mind the most, obviously, is last night's game where the Penguins tied it up with the fucking Senators. Just got raw. I just have to say at this point that... I'm shocked at how the rest of the team, not not Crosby, the rest of the Penguins, have been playing. And what I mean by that is, I watched last night Phil Kessel basically berate Malkin to the point where the coach had to step in. And then I watched Phil Kessel go out and through pure determination and sticking with a fucking play that probably should have been dead, scored the game-winning goal. And he just had the most intensity of anyone on that fucking ice and was chirping and pissed and pissed at his line mates. And to me, that's leadership. Where's And now I'm not going to get off on some hating on Crosby shit, whatever. He did have a concussion. He's whatever. You know, he's back. But... I mean, Phil Kessel was out there basically just almost willing his team to fucking win. I mean, the headline on Deadspin just three hours ago that got posted was (laughs) Phil Kessel yelled a lot and scored. (laughs) 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 And it's the fucking truth. And having seen Brett Hall play in Detroit, and also all the times when he was on St. Louis, having seen him on the other side, he kind of reminded me of, of like what Brett Hall would do back in the day. Because Brett Hall, Brett Hall wasn't a fighter. Brett Hall wasn't going to go out there. He was not an enforcer. He wasn't going to go out there and fucking take on the heavyweights in the league. But Brett Hall would talk shit to anybody, especially on his own team, that he didn't think was playing up to their ability or he thought was out there bullshit. I mean, that he was known as one of the best trash talkers period, and he would trash talk his own team, and I think that's what Kessel did, and I mean, it it doesn't hurt that the fact that he takes a fucking lot, if you look at Phil Kessel, Phil Kessel does not look like a hockey player, 
That's, that's the first thing. <laughs> Phil Kessel looks like he needs to be sitting at the end of a bar in some fucking rundown strip club <laughs> trying to get a fucking lap dance for half price. Okay, I mean, seriously. <laughs> I mean, this is a this is a puffy motherfucker. This motherfucker makes Vince Vaughn look like he's dehydrated and from like Africa. I mean, seriously, like like Phil Kessel looks like he could peel like twenty pounds and he'd still be fat somehow. And he's wow. like, a seriously, I mean, motherfucker's got skills, obviously. But I mean, if you don't know who Phil Kessel is to the point where you can picture him when you close your eyes, just Google him and look at the pictures that come up. And tell me that looks like any other hockey player you've seen professionally. You just, I, 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 I challenge you. <laughs> but no, man, he, homeboy, he fucking, he earned some respect from me last night because it takes balls. Personally, I think Malkin's the best player on the fucking Penguins. He's the best all-around player. Uh, Malkin will actually fucking... He'll drop the gloves. He'll score. And he'll, he, he's, not a, he's not a bitch-made motherfucker like, like Crosby is in that aspect. So that's why I give him the edge over Crosby. Yeah, Crosby's a, probably the more skilled player. But as we've already established, if I'm putting together a hockey team, I don't care how skilled you are. If you're a bitch out there on the ice... Uh, you're like a hundred pound woman. There's not a goddamn thing you can do for me. So, didn't uh, Phil Kessel come from uh, Toronto? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was on Toronto, uh, Boston, also, um, <laughs> known in certain circles as Fat Phil Kessel. <laughs> so, <laughs> I you know what though? I think uh, the Penguins are a victim of what uh. Cleveland is the Cleveland Cavaliers. When you think of Cleveland Cavaliers, and when people talk about them, they talk about LeBron James. There are a lot more people on the Cleveland Cavaliers than LeBron James. To name a few, Love, (laughs) you know, his partners in crime aren't getting the love. And I think Penguins do the same thing. When people talk about Pittsburgh, they talk about who? Crosby. There's a lot more people on that team that make that team win or lose. You know what I'm saying? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And where's I mean, Chris with the, <clears throat> give him his due. That we need that drop. <laughs> oh, don't worry, dude. Uh, about of insomnia and boredom last night. We're going to have a whole bunch of new drops. You're going to appreciate one of them. I know. I wish I had it today for all the talk about Michael Jordan. That's just, I'm, I'll just leave. It's, it's called a teaser in the business. So tune in oh. next week for those. <laughs> Uh, but no, man, it's, it's the absolute truth. He, he does overshadow a lot of players on that team and that's the way the NHL wants it. That is their fucking, that is the face of the league and that's the way they want it. That's all there is to it. And they're going to get what they want because Pittsburgh isn't going to rock the boat too much. They're, they're smart enough to do that. They're smart enough to be like, Oh, they want to pump up Crosby. Well, guess what? That gets our logo out there. That gets more merchandise sold for us. I couldn't think of that. I couldn't think of that. Can you believe that? It happens. But, I mean, (laughs) yeah, dude. Fucking, right now, as it stands, we're recording. Both series are tied at 1-1. And we've talked about this before. I think the NHL is pissing its pants at the thought of a Panthers-Ottawa finals. 
I think that fucking terrifies the NHL. Yeah, they would cry. I think they would be happy with a Pittsburgh-Nashville finals, but I think what they really want is a Pittsburgh-Anaheim finals. Well, their biggest fear of Edmonton Ottawa is out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, still, the the only reason that I think they would be fine with the Nashville Predators is because the Predators have turned into the Cinderella story of the of this playoffs. Pecorino. It's become a huge name. I mean, you know, they slayed the fucking giant by taking out Chicago in four games. And that right there... Put, just shut them down, though. I put, mean, not just Rene, shut them out. Just shut them down. Yeah, put Rene on the map. And then the, the St. Louis series, even though I would say St. Louis figured him out obviously much better than Chicago did, they still weren't the ones skating on to the third fucking round. So it doesn't matter if you figured a guy out if you can't beat him four games. You I mean, know what, though? Other than Pecorine and P.K. Subban, can you name another Panther, Predator, whatever? <sighs> Not off the top of my head. No, I can't. Right. Right. <laughs> Now we can go to Pittsburgh, and you know, Vinny Malkin, Crosby, you know, uh, Flurry, Kessel, you know, Kessel. <laughs> well, so I'm, I will fucked up. <laughs> I will say this: I slept on Anaheim, and that was my that was my bad. And I slept on one player on Anaheim, and that was really my bad. And that's Getzloff. When that man fucking wants to, that man is a force to be reckoned with on the fucking ice. I've literally seen him take over games in one period single-handedly in these playoffs. And I just didn't give him the credit that he fucking deserved. <laughs> so we really need Chris here with the, give him his due! Because... <laughs> Chris, oh we're missing you this week, buddy. That's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel, I'm like, ooh. Watching, watching Anaheim... Okay, I, I, I guess... I. Full disclosure, I don't like either Nashville nor Anaheim. I don't like Nashville simply because Nashville, when the Wings were in the West, was just one of those fucking teams that were always a pain in our side for whatever reason. That, that even if we beat them in a playoff series, they wore us down till we got our asses fucking handed to us in the next playoff series. And I, just it's, it, it, they were the hangnail of the Red Wings' existence is what it, was what they were. You know, it's like, God damn it. I got to get rid of this hangnail. I don't have a pair of clippers. So you just rip it off. And for the moment, you go, okay, well, the hangnail's gone. Until the next day, you wake up and your finger's infected. That was Nashville. We just beat Nashville and go, okay, on to the next series. But then we realize, boy, we're still fucking sore from getting all this ass whooping that we got from Nashville in the previous series. And the Ducks, I, dude, seriously, fuck the Ducks. I Even when they were the Mighty Ducks... I, I had to laugh. I, that was my embarrassing that change, thing. By the way, Disney sold them. Is that what it was? Yeah, Disney sold them. But they stayed in Anaheim. Yeah, they just dropped the they just dropped the mighty part. Yeah, because uh, I believe the mascot was owned by Disney. That's how come they couldn't continue to use the mascot. They might. I, to be honest with you, I don't know the particulars behind why they dropped the Mighty Ducks. But I know that they're because for a while their 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 uniform had the duck with the goalie mask on and, and the and you know the blocker and all that shit. And when uh, like I said, I think that that likeness was owned by Disney, 
So when Disney sold it, they were probably like, oh, unless you want to pay us for the, the right to use that. And new ownership was like, that's okay. We would want to change these fucking jerseys anyways. Because that, that's, that's the other thing. <laughs> San Jose, uh, the Ducks, uh, pretty much like those two teams really suffered from the fucking, like the 90s colors. Pretty fucking bad, dude. <laughs> it, <laughs> it lasted a lot longer than it should have. It, too much teal and too much bright colors for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I'm just like, eh, I'm good on that. I don't know. I kind of like their teal uniform better than I like their uniform now, honestly. Their I, uniform now is just dark and like, I'm a duck. The sit. Oh god, they're. Their eggplant third uniforms looked good back in the day. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I'll give San Jose this. I like San Jose's black uniforms, and they got the little bit of the teal in there. That's fine. But when it's mostly teal, that just screams to me early 90s starter jacket. You know, I'm just like, Ugh, I can't do it, dude. I can't. I can't go back to the time when wearing a mullet was still socially acceptable. Hey, why can't the Penguins be original, man? Why do they got to be black and gold like the Steelers? What's that shit about? You ever seen a black and gold Penguin? No, and I've never seen a Penguin uh, fucking win a Stanley Cup either, so. Well, there's that one time back in, never mind. No, I mean, I've seen the team, but I've never seen an actual Penguin. <laughs> but yeah, so. It's a crazy I, zoo out there, folks. I, I, I've, I've, I've. This year's playoffs has made me eat a lot of fucking crow and 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 munch on some humble pie because no, I just think there were some teams that were like fuck it it's our turn I don't think because ain't nobody predicted the way this shit's panning out not that I've seen I mean yeah, it's kind of like it's in the NCAA play, uh, tournament everybody was like what the fuckings on the real they're doing the same thing with NHL it's like well. They only scored three. They only had three points in the series. Chicago, really, right now? And who the hell is Pecorino? And where is Nashville? Did they even have a team at the start of the playoffs? <laughs> yeah, dude. Seriously, nobody saw the way this shit's acting up. That Connor uh, McDavid, you know, Austin Matthews, all the rage. Let's talk about them. Here comes Crosby with his crew. He's going to finally take on that big, huge. Russian-looking motherfucker. Never mind the rest of the Capitals. You know, <laughs> so ain't nobody saw the way this is going down. Well, that's the other thing. I don't know if you saw this picture, but holy shit, Alex Ovechkin's leg was fucked. He, when he snapped his hamstring, his wife took a picture of it after, the, after he was out of the playoffs. Between the back of his knee up to, the like, his lower buttocks, dude, it was damn near. It was so purple and bruised. It was black. I saw the proof. Yeah, I saw that. That's from snapping a hamstring. I want you people listening to think about that. That's an internal injury that caused that bruise like that. All right. That is fucking insanity. And that man was playing on that. Now, granted, is he going to be able it, to play in the Olympics? No, he's not playing in the. He. I, it, that the word is, at last I heard, he's not going to be able to play in uh, the national championships. Because because of that, he's not going to be able to play for Russia. Now, I don't know if that's going to affect the Olympics, but I know that's going to affect whatever tournament. I can't remember. They got so many fucking tournaments that's coming up. But, I mean, dude, that for him to be out there and still 
to to go out there and after what was it game was it game three that he that that they lost and he basically was like he put it on him. He said, "This is my fault. I need to play better." And then came out the next game and basically willed himself to be on the ice and willed his team to a win. Here's an ass whipping for you and an ass whipping for you. You can have two. I mean, here's I, I this is this is our favorite game to play, the what if game. But if you took Ovechkin and you put him on the Penguins and 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 from if he got drafted by the Penguins and you take Crosby and you say he was drafted by the Capitals, I think the Stanley Cups would pretty much be at the same amount as they are now. I think I think Ovechkin would have two. And Crosby would still be fighting to get one. It's very possible. Very, very possible. I I don't know enough about Crosby if he can elevate people to his game or if he needs people like Vinny Malkin and and them around him. You know, Kessel. I don't know. But if, if you think about it, he's always had great players surrounding him from the get-go. Lemieux, Mario Lemieux came out of retirement. To play alongside Gretzky, or Gretzky, <laughs> somewhere a hockey fan just fucking threw his uh, his smartphone <laughs> in this podcast, Crosby, <laughs> in his first season. Put him up in his home in his first season, all right? I mean, they've done their best to surround him with good players, which I'm not faulting a team for. That's what the fuck you want to do. And, in the, and it's even harder to do. In the salary cap era, you have to look at players and go, okay, we have our star player. We have the guy that we're going to pay X, you know, the max amount of money, blah, blah, blah. But we need to surround him with good role players. And you don't have a blank check anymore. You have to be smart about it. You have to go look for guys who are going to give you big, you know, big bang for your buck, value for the price you're paying for them. And they've done that. They've done it better. They've done it better than the fucking Red Wings. Yeah, oh yeah, way better. But you mentioned Mario, Mario Lemieux. I want Florida Panthers to win another one. Like next year, Florida Panthers need to win, just so Yamir Yager could win one more. <laughs> oh, you mean you want Yager to win another one? Because, yeah, Florida's yeah. never won one. Yeah, I definitely, definitely want them to win for him. Man's been playing since 1988, dude. Seriously? Yeah, but he also has two cups. Yeah, but Yamir Yager is the epitome of throwing the middle finger in the air to the, hey, the old guard ain't gone yet. (laughs) Yamir Yager, if he keeps it up, is going to be in the running for best all-around player ever. You think he beats Gretzky? I don't think Gretzky's in the running for best all-around player. When I say all-around, I mean... You have every single tool you need on the ice. You have toughness. You have grit. You can score. You can spread the love and get assists. You have a strong plus minus, which means you're making plays happen even if you're not even if you don't get a point for it. And longevity. And you have a witty. Yeah, that's Yager. I mean, Gretzky had no grit to him. That's just all there is to it. When we're talking no, about, he just the, had puck handling. It, when I'm talking about the best all around, I mean, people go like, what about Mike Bossy? Yes, Mike Bossy was an amazing player. Mike Bossy didn't play for fucking 30 plus years. You know, there's very few players that have played as long as Gordie Howe, Chris Chelios, Yamir Yager, especially these days. I mean, 
I have to I have to give kind of a handicap to a guy like Gordy Howe. And people go, wait a minute, the game was so much more rough and tough and blah, blah, blah. Yes, it was. But these guys weren't fucking huge like they are these days. They didn't, they didn't have the training regimens they have these days. Yeah, I mean, these guys, everybody looks like Eric Lindros now. Yeah. Off the concussions, though. <laughs> I mean, seriously, if you've ever seen Gordy Howe in a pitcher next to just average players from, from like, you know, the, the 80s, 90s, 2000s, he's not that big of a guy compared to him, you know. I mean, that was just pure old fucking Henri, just country strong from the middle of nowhere, Canada, just toughness. That's all It's all it was. Born on the ice. <laughs> I mean, Chelios, to me, yes, he wasn't the, he, he, obviously he wasn't the offensive presence. The other, you know, defensemen were, he's not a Bobby or Nick Lindstrom. He's not one of those guys. But, I mean, he played at a high level pretty much until he retired. The last season, season and a half. I mean, so that to me, that leaves two people in the running for best all-around player ever. And the only thing the only thing I could say about Yager that, that would be considered a, taking a swipe at him is Yager was in no way played the physical game like fucking Gordy Howe did. People don't fear going into the corner with, with, with Yamir Yager because of his elbows. No, like, they, they fear going in the corner with Yamir Yager because of his passing ability. <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. He's going to undress him in the corner and fucking set up a beautiful pass to the slot, and boom, next thing you know, you're sitting there looking stupid because you thought you were going to pin him against the boards. And now you're sitting there going, what the fuck just happened? Where did yeah, who well, go? <laughs> 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 then Iceman goes, where did who go? <laughs> yeah, dude, all bullshit aside, that man can play a game. I loved watching him play. I would say, and I hated I would, it all at the same time. I would say old school guard, all around, it's got to be Gordie Howe, hands down. If Maurice Richard had had the length of career that Gordie Howe did, I would say that he would, then definitely he would bounce Howe out of that spot, but he didn't. So that's the criteria I'm going by. Out of the out of the 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 modern NHL, it has to be Yager. It has to be. I can't imagine anybody else from his period on that have it's from his rookie year until now who's going to do what he's going to do. I just can't imagine it. I mean, that man's is just fucking. Some people are just born with all the traits they need to succeed at a certain thing in life. Very few people find that thing, and very few people find it at a young enough age to do it for the rest of their life like he did. I mean, think about it. You know, he didn't come from a fucking country where it was like, oh, hey, you can be whatever you want. I mean, someone saw saw some ability in him, recognized it, and nurtured it from a young age on in a country that it's not like, oh, when you grow up, you can be whatever you want. So, um, I mean, if they'd have saw, if they'd have misread his talent, we, you know, he, he might be the best fucking, whatever, stonemason, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but he wouldn't have been a hockey player. Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, I remember having a conversation with a, a, a guy I met at an after party after we played a show, and this guy was from... Uh, Oh, shit, I want to say Venezuela. And we were talking about 
the differences in education. And he said that in, in his country, they actually have schools. Like when they see a kid who's good at soccer or baseball, they put them in schools that teach them soccer and baseball. And I'm like, so wait a minute, they forego their formal education for that? And he goes, yeah, but you, what you don't understand is, is that that formal education is probably not going to do that guy as much good as honing his raw ability is going to do him. Well, that and answers like, the question why it's more Latina-based in the in Major League Baseball than black or white. Well, there's also the fact that they can get them guys for dirt cheap. That too. Because those, you know, don't ever, I'm not trying to get off on some fucking political shit, but don't ever think that, you know, baseball was just like, oh, there's this untapped pool of talent that we've just been ignoring. No, the price of American players got to the point where it was prohibitive to keep scouting in America like they did. So they started looking in other places and they can, they're like, like they said, there's schools those those kids go to specifically to teach them baseball. They teach them English. They teach them how to handle themselves in interviews. They teach them how to handle themselves in the clubhouse. It is a full-on experience. When I say they go to school for baseball, they learn everything about baseball or soccer because his brother happened to go to one of those schools for soccer, and that's what he was telling me about it. And I, I was just amazed. But then I think about it, and I'm like, yeah, if – if you play your cards right and you're talented enough, you can make in the span of five years, never hitting the majors, just if you get a good if you get a good rookie contract and have a solid career and take care of your money, you could send that you know a percentage of what you make here home, and, and bring they, your family over, like, yeah, and they and they live like kings, because that's just that's you know that's just. This, they've never seen that much money in their life before ever. And this is, and this is, you know, peanuts to the owners over here. I mean, this is probably contracts that are being signed that if you took your average, if you took an American born player who had that potential and offered him that contract, his fucking agent would probably laugh you out of the office. But these guys jump on it because is that for they half come a season. From, <laughs> yeah, exactly. These guys come from shit. I mean, they're playing baseball out there. On, on gravel and in dirt diamonds with, you know, in barefoot sticks, no gloves, taped up balls. You know what I'm saying? When they're kids, that's how they start. I mean, we used to bitch if we were missing bases at the baseball diamond about whose glove was going to be second. You know? Come on, man. You're up at bat. Let's use your glove for second base. Fuck that. You want your dad pay for the glove? Yeah. Hey, hey, Rich. Huh? It's all I got, man. It's all I got. <laughs> he'll never listen to this show, so he'll never hear that. Yeah, I know. But it's ironic that you said that because we got schools like that here, but not for the Major League Baseball, but for the NBA. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar came out just recently and said that the one-and-done schools is ruining. It's a travesty. For, for kids that don't stay in school and get their education. But, I mean, it's basically the same thing they're doing down there with, with uh, Major League Baseball and soccer. You know, kids go to college here one year. They, they learn from a hell of a college coach all the fundamentals, you know, basically honing their skills. And then, uh, you know, 
off to the NBA they go. One of the, the, the things that we uh, Chris and I have been talking about for the past two weeks with Lonzo Ball, he's a one and done. You know, he went to UCLA for a year, got, you know, all types of recognition. Now his father got recognition, and now he's off to the NBA. Yeah, and isn't it, is it just me, or did, like, were you expected to know the the basics before you went to college when we were younger? Like, oh, you, yeah. Like, your fundamentals weren't expected to be... NBA worthy the minute you set foot into a fucking college, but you were expected to have a firm grasp on them. Uh huh. And and now it just seems like what the fuck are they teaching these kids in high school? Or is it a case of the talent pool? There's so much. There's so many high school teams out there. The talent's diluted. So basically, they just wait for one guy to basically just dominate, whether it's because of his size or natural raw ability, and so they don't even bother to teach him fundamentals. So he goes out there and just dominates because he's a fucking men among boys and then goes to college and learns his fundamentals. Yeah. uh, When I was in college, you had to know at least (laughs) some things, you know, just like you said, you had to know the basics. Going there and going, uh, I'm stronger and faster than anybody I know. What do I got to do? No, son. Uh Uh-uh. No. Well, you know, I was... They did that with uh, uh, a homer uh, that Detroit Lions did. They did it with uh, Anza, Ezekiel Anza. Boy knew almost nothing about football before he came over here and went to college. Yeah, he was pretty much signed in college as as an athlete, not necessarily a defensive end. And they basically said, okay, you got the size and the speed, now we're going to try to teach you football. Right, and he and picked up on it quick. He picked yep. up on it quick enough. See, I guess it's, <laughs> I, I guess it's, there's there's one of the things that like as I guess I have to credit this to getting older. I, it seems like as I get older, when I see a player who has a high sports IQ that they play, I see that less and less. I see the mental the the, the not mental as far as mental toughness. Or whatever, but the intellectual side of sports becomes less and less important. And I mean, people think this is this is why I never understood the, the stereotype of the meathead. Fucking, oh, he's the he's the captain of the football team. He's a quarterback. He's an idiot. Uh, if you're a good quarterback, you better be able to read defenses, be able to understand shit in a way almost like a chess player does you're looking three or four moves ahead especially if you're especially if you're calling audibles up there and you need to know geometry if he only takes six steps instead of five and he's cutting here instead of there how much do i have to throw this ball sooner or later and how hard and fast and yeah what's the velocity and oh look now it's snowing and we got wind and yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of shit to think about and to consider. You know, and on the defensive side of the ball, you got to understand, okay, am I being set up? Is, is are they, Deception is, is a major, major part of any offensive fucking team, any, any offensive scheme. I mean, play action is nothing more than just, here, look at my left hand, don't pay attention to my right hand. 
you're trying to get players to bite on it, and by the time they bite on it, you've already got a fucking you know wide receiver who smoked them and is behind them downfield. So you go for the deep pass. Don't pay attention I'm, to the man behind the curtain. Yeah. So it just seems like it's an aspect that's been that's been lost in in sports. People, you know, maybe that's just because it's not sexy to talk about. It doesn't put asses in the seats as far as watching Sports Center or whatever the fuck. So people are just like, eh, well, whatever. We know it's there, but there's really no point in talking about it because it's the boring part yeah, of it. Yeah, but a sports IQ doesn't necessarily translate into common sense. And it doesn't necessarily equate to book smarts either. But just because you know on, as a defensive linebacker that if a, if a running back cuts through the A gap instead of the C gap, you take four steps back and dodge the, the guard that's pulling... Just because you know all that shit doesn't mean you know who the president of Russia is. No, definitely. You know what I'm saying? And doesn't, you know, doesn't mean that you, you don't know that you can't jaywalk with the green light, you know. It, there's things that don't, don't necessarily equate. Yes, they're smart because in, in sports world, but there's a lot of shit that they still, you know, they're still left to go, wait, what? <laughs> What color is an orange? Huh? Yeah, thank you. So, I mean, th there's points to that, too. A good sports IQ doesn't necessarily translate into the real world IQ. No, I got you. Which, I mean, it's, this is a perfect segue into something I want to talk about, which was recently read an article on, in Sports Illustrated on Zach Greinke. And this is, this oh, is getting yeah. more towards the, the mental toughness and... and shit that goes on uh, with with players. Um, my take on Zach Greinke is that he's like he's like the house cat of baseball. Fucker's got nine lives. I mean, I don't... What, okay, he's 33. His first year was in 2004 in Kansas City. And he was touted as, you know, the best pitcher I've seen at this level and blah, 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 and all this. Goes to Kansas City, he has some success, and then he starts getting just screwed over with like anxiety and depression, and basically loses it. I mean, at one point he was placed on a disabled list due to psychology, psychological issues. Which, if you know anything about sports if, and anything about the yips, basically once you get the the reputation of of being a player who has an issue like that, a, a mind block or whatever you want to call it, uh, you were treated like a fucking leper. Other players want nothing to do with you because they can talk about how they're not superstitious, but they're, deep down somewhere, they're like, I don't want that shit to rub off on me. Mm -mm, that, stay that, fuck that, with me. Yeah, they call that quicksand. One thing goes wrong, then another thing goes wrong, and it just pulls you down further and further like quicksand. There's no escape. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. In my industry, we call it the domino effect. If one domino doesn't fall right, then you're fucked, and you got to go back and reset them all up. Or else, if you keep try to keep going, it's going to be a clusterfuck because that one didn't fall the way it was supposed to. So, anyways, he worked through that. Went to Milwaukee. I mean, had eh, in, in in Milwaukee. Went to the Angels. I mean, did all right. I mean, I, I, this, this is the thing. 
on paper, he shouldn't be in the he shouldn't be in the MLB anymore. He really shouldn't be. Not even close. He should definitely be in the minors. I mean, he's had more comebacks than like fucking anybody I can think of at a position that you see pitchers come out and dominate, and when they lose it, it's gone. I mean, it is gone. Like we have we have Verlander here in Detroit, and Verlander. When he come out was just fucking like it was here's here's just to paint the picture. The beginning of the 2006 season, no one in Detroit thought Detroit was going to the World Series. All the talk was, <clears throat> excuse me, I had to hit the cough button there for a sec. All the talk was, is it going to be Jeremy Bonderman or this new rookie, Justin Verlander, who's going to lead the Tigers and into the period where they they have an open window to go to the World Series, which will be a few years down the road. And everybody pretty much unanimously picked Jeremy Bonderman to be the one that was going to lead the Tigers. They brought in Kenny Rogers. Oops. He was he was he was supposed to be, you know, hey, he's going to help the young guys, blah blah blah, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. What happened? He did help the young guys. He helped fucking Verlander develop one of the best pickoff moves. Because Kenny Rogers had an amazing pickoff move, but he was a left-handed pitcher, so he had an advantage. But he helped Verlander with his, which was already a good one for a right-handed pitcher, to where he had one of the best ones there for a few years of any pitcher, left or right-handed. And obviously, it became Verlander's team as far as the pitching rotation goes. I mean, we've even had, you know, we've had Max Scherzer. We've had... uh, Oh, shit. Just drew a, a, a complete brain fart. Homeboy who uh, went on to the... What's a Zuma? Zumaya? Mm-hmm. Well, no, Zumaya was one of those cases where I'm saying that he come out just throwing as hard as he could, and his arm couldn't keep up with it. I mean, no one fucker threw so hard that he broke his own arm on the mound. That's what I I'm mean, saying. It's... But, uh, no, I'm talking about... Oh, shit. David Price. We had David Price... At different points in time, we had David Price, Max Scherzer, and now we have... Um, David Wells. <laughs> Zimmerman. No, David Wells never pitched with that, uh, uh, Verlander. But what I'm getting at is that these are legit number one starters on other teams. Here in Detroit, they were pretty much regulated to you're playing second fiddle to Verlander. Even when Verlander wasn't being the Verlander that we've, you know, that we have memories of here in Detroit. But Verlander kind of, you know, he's kind of, he's had a few comebacks because he's had a few down seasons and shit, but nothing like Zach Grinke. And, I mean, the, the amazing part is he's doing this this season with one of his secondary pitches. He's doing it with his slider. And he's just getting, I mean, there's, in this article, there's there's gifts breaking down his his appearances. And, dude, he's just fucking killing guys. I mean, getting swings and misses with his slider. Left, right hand, doesn't matter what bat, what side of the plate the batter's on. He's just killing guys with it. After you mentioned him, I, I actually looked up a video. Have you seen his slider? Grinky's? Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Dude, the bottom just drops. Drops right out. It's so unfair to a hitter. Dude, there's like, like, that's what I'm saying. It, it's like you fucked up. You fucked up. Oh, wait a minute. What died? Where'd it go? Where did who go? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's what I'm saying. I some of the gifts in the article that I was uh, looking at, 
I was like, is it a slider or is it a 12-6? Because, I mean, it just fucking dropped, dude. But it did have, that, saying, it there, did have that diagonal break. Yeah, it did have that diagonal break. That's the difference between that and 12-6. But still, it's just like, you know, Jesus fucking Christ, man. I mean, it's a 33-year-old guy who has, I'm going to say, at least twice been given up on, if not by teams that he was on, by baseball experts, period. And he's come back and been like, eh, no, no. Once again, don't plan the funeral until I'm dead. And it, it to me, it's just, it, it's an interesting story. And if you really get into the 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 ins and outs and all the little details and shit of, of pitching, I mean, he's, I, I would say, I don't know, I don't know if he's worth $200 million, which is what he signed for right now in Arizona. But, I mean, it, I would I don't know, say. I man, that slider's pretty priceless. I, I'm going to say this. If he keeps it up, I'm going to say he's definitely in the talk of comeback player of the year. And I don't even think that's going out on the limb. No, he's got to keep it up. And he has been known to be a head case at times. Obviously. I mean, anybody Hopefully that gets he doesn't pull up Matt Harvey. <laughs> Just disappear. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, Jesus. Yeah. And then, yeah, well, once again, kind of shifting gears. Zach Grinke, okay, he had anxiety, depression, which seems like, in his case, was more, what do you call it, uh, more genetically predisposed. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, like he, maybe it runs in his family or something, and he had to overcome oh, yeah. and get over that. Well, Matt Harvey. Hereditary? Yes, hereditary. Thank you. That's, that's the word I was looking for. Well, Matt Harvey, the more and more I hear about his story, he's pissed off that Adriana Lima's fucking Julian Edelman and that's what caused all this, and that's what caused him to go on this fucking bender that made him be a no-show for his fucking job. So, I mean, if that's the case, who would you rather have? Would you rather have a guy that is, you know, it's, it's I, I hate to say it this way because, you know, I've had my struggles with the bottle and shit, especially over women, because if anybody can make you drink, a woman can make you drink. Uh, Quick, fast, and in a hurry. You know it. But, I mean, what would you rather have? A guy who is just, he, his wiring is crossed because it's hereditary and he's worked through it. Or a guy who, you know, sees his his ex or whatever or thought it was his girlfriend out with another guy and he just completely collapses like that. I mean, neither are an optimal situation that any team wants to find any of their star players in. But with Matt Harvey, I think it's a little bit less forgivable, in my opinion, because, look, man, you're a professional. You get you get paid to go out there and do your job. Yep. I understand being absolutely fucking destroyed over a relationship coming to an end because <clears throat> I had one do it to me. But I still had to go to work, so I still had to pay my bills. That's it. And no, even I'm, when I'm I tricky with that with that slider, dude, that that was one of the sickest sliders I've ever seen. Serious, real talk. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. If you can find if, if if for listeners, if you can find video or the gifs where basically the 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 camera is right over his shoulder from center field to where you don't have the offset uh, camera angle that you get from a lot of ballparks, you really start to see how much movement and shit he has on that fucking slider. It's, it's absolutely it, unfair. It really is. 
as a hitter, you're sitting there, you're looking at it, you're like, oh, you left it hanging. I got this. And then it just drops. <laughs> you're swinging like like a Looney Tunes cartoon, just one, two, three, you're out. What the fuck happened? Where'd it go? Yeah, Fernando Rodney used to have that Bugs Bunny changeup. That's what we called it. But, I mean, this isn't even a changeup. This is, this is it's, okay, there's a, there's a pitching sequence they have in this article where he just, boom, first pitch strike with a fastball. I mean, he just throws three, three four-seam fastballs in a row. First one's a, just a, a called strike. Second one's a foul. Third one's a ball. Then he throws the slider. And the dude's so out in front of that slider, he looks like a little leaguer taking a swing at, at his first ball that's not on a tee. It's going to spin around like a big top and shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's fucking insanity. So, yeah, yeah. Every now and again, you get those, though. Randy Johnson had a fastball that nobody could hit, except a bird. A bird could hit it. <laughs> <laughs> Poor bird. Pretty, pretty much. I watched that video the other day. I was showing my wife that video because the the whole thing i used to watch randy johnson then i used to watch the bird have you ever looked at the catcher huh. in that video no you gotta watch the video and look at the catcher because the catcher just jumps up rips his face mask off and has this look like what the actual fuckings what happened did you throw <laughs> so hard you blew up the ball randy where'd it go <laughs> The the price it's priceless to look at the catcher's face when he takes his mask off. I wonder if that catcher was thinking like, "Holy shit, this is like the natural." Like, "Holy <laughs> shit, he threw it so hard the casing came off the ball." He blew up the ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, you remember the All Star game where fucking he buzzed. Uh, 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 oh shit, John Cruck and Cruck fucking in the middle of the at bat. Took his batting helmet off, put it on backwards, and went over to the left side of the plate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Somebody didn't I mean, tell Kitty that this is just for show. <laughs> yeah, he's like, dude, you understand. This is fucking an all-star game. This is basically an exhibition, asshole. No need to buzz my tower. What the fuck's wrong with you? The pattern's full, dick. God, I hate that. <laughs> There's been way too many Top Gun references in this fucking show so far. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, well, uh, the other story I saw that that, that uh, I, I, we have to talk about, God, we've talked this into the fucking ground, but this is just, this story is not going anywhere. And it's, of course, Colin Kaepernick. And <laughs> I, I just want to say this before we get on with this story. I have said from the get-go, before Iceman was even on the fucking show, that one, he has every right to do what he wants to do. Two, I understand why he's doing it. I totally get it. Three, he better make damn sure all his fucking affairs are in order because he may never play again if he continues to do this shit. And four, it's nobody in the NFL owes him a job. And I called this when this shit started with him. There's going to be people who are going to come out and start crying, saying, he's being blacklisted, it's unfair, someone needs to give him a job. No. No one needs to give anybody a fucking job, all right? That's not how the, 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 this fucking works. 
What is that? What is that? Like, works. Works. It's not how any of this works. All right. And this is coming from someone who probably on this show was the most in his corner. Now, personally, I think he was stupid to go out there. I think kneeling during the national anthem is the sexy fucking topic that gets people fucking riled up. But I think what really did it as far as the NFL was him going out there and fucking taking warm up in socks that had cops depicted as pigs on them. I think that did uh, more. Just everything together, Rich, honestly. I, no, I, mean, I it got was you. All bad. I got you, but when that happened, I was like, dude, you're poking a bear that you really don't want to poke. Like, you are really. There's a difference between saying, I recognize. I'm, I'm going to take a knee during the national anthem because I feel there's injustice, racial injustice in the country, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, and going out there and calling cops pigs. And don't get me wrong. I believe, in, I believe free speech is absolute. All right. Unless you are breaking the law by basically trying to, through speech, get someone to harm another person. Inside a riot. Exactly. I believe you should be able to say whatever the fuck you want to. And then you learn to say, and people that do learn the second freedom in the United States, and that's the freedom to starve when you piss off people who are trying to, who you want to employ you. Right. Absolutely. And, and look, I, I'm with you, Rich. I was with you guys when it happened. Yes, he has the right to kneel on the flag. He has a right for socks. He has a right for all of this shit. He doesn't have a right to do it at a stadium where he's being paid to play a game. You want to make your statement? Do it in the interview afterwards. Do well, it outside the game before, before the game or after the game. This is, what's interesting to, this is what's interesting to me is that when it first came up, Chris and I were like, where the fuck is, what, okay, let's say he leaves San Francisco. Where the fuck else is this act going to play? And Chris constantly said, Seattle. He goes, this is the only place I can imagine him going. He's not coming to he's not coming to the Midwest with that shit. He's not going to the deep south with that shit. And, oh, Dallas ain't having it. <laughs> and I don't care if he would sign for a bag of peanuts and a song. A team like uh, like the Patriots are gonna go. Uh, even if our fans did, they don't really care one way or the other about his protest or anything. We're not taking that distraction in our locker room. That's not how we do things here. So he really put himself in a position where you know these are the people that are going to hire you, and you know that for the most part, in fact, for the lion's share, these people aren't going to look favorably on you for what you did. It's no one's fault but your own. Now, is it right that they do that to them? It's their team. I can't say that they should have to should have to sign him because if if a, if an owner wants to run a team in the ground, we've seen it before. We've seen t owners run teams in the ground to make a point, whether it be to move the team or to tank and get and get better draft picks, whatever the fuck. So I mean, if owners will do that just to get a new stadium or to get an okay to move from whatever city they're in, you don't think a team will fucking go? Oh, we ain't signing you. You don't think owners are that, and, and GMs are like, I don't need that bullshit. Oh, definitely. And I don't. And, and I don't. And on top of it, they could be like, I don't agree with what you did, and because I got a problem with what you did, 
you're not going to be on my team. Because in, in their minds, they're kind of rubber stamping and co-signing on what he said if they fucking sign him. It'd be no different. And to me, it's, okay, someone's going to hear me say this and they're going to fucking go, I'm retarded. And maybe I am. But fuck them because they need to understand the context I'm saying this in. If a guy beats his wife and a team lets him go, and while he's looking for another job with another team in the NFL, he runs up against a GM who's like, I won't sign him because I grew up in a house with domestic violence. There's no, there's no place for that on my team. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Tom Brady. If you beat the shit out of Giselle, you're off my team. I don't care. That's how strongly I feel about it. That's that GM's right to feel that way. And all the crying in the world about second chances, to me, is just you're wasting your breath. If a GM feels so strongly that what he did was wrong, that he won't hire him, and his owner backs to that GM's play, then he just has to fucking learn to live with it. Freedom of speech does not mean freedom from consequences once you use your freedom of speech. I've said this. If you yell fire in the theater, you're still going to get arrested. I've said this on this show. Chris has said this on this show. I, I, I can't remember if you have, but if I'm working for a company and they hear something, me say something on this show that they don't like, they can fire me for it, and that's their right. Now, it, well, I say, well, I think that's bullshit. Yeah, because I've never once involved my work outside of this show in this show. That's where Colin Kaepernick, like you said, that's where he started playing with fire. He started mixing his job with his politics. So in a roundabout way, he was putting his he was putting the 49ers and whoever signs him post 49ers in a position to basically have to go, well, if we sign him, we're kind of saying we agree with what he was doing. And this is the NFL. The NFL is a very conservative fucking league. They do not want this bullshit. The NFL is the old white men league. They just want to make fucking money. That's it. And anything that impedes that, you, you got to go. Bottom line. Well, yeah. I mean, even down in uh, Denver, they kick Tebow out for Tebowing. They kick him out for Tebowing, and they kick him out because he's a shit quarterback. <laughs> okay, there goes my point. Is Colin Kaepernick not being signed because he knelt for the flag or because he's a shit quarterback? His QBR is 55, Rich. Dude, Stop I've it. had people... I've had people... On message boards, on Facebook, and other forms of social media online, who will argue until they're blue in the face that he's not as bad as people are painting him. He's never been a distraction in the clubhouse as far as his play goes. And I'm just like, wait a minute, hold on here, hold on here, hold on. People were saying he was a shit quarterback before he ever kneeled, and then he started kneeling, and because these people agreed with his with his politics. All of a sudden, he became this great quarterback. Now, I'm able to bullshit myself and to believe in a lot of things. Like, I've sexually satisfied every single woman I've ever been with every time. But I'm not able to bullshit myself and to believe in that garbage. Okay? <laughs> he is a backup quarterback. He is a one-trick pony who you have to plan your offense around the scheme that works for him. And when defenses figured him out, that was the end of his dominance in the NFL. And he hasn't been dominant since. And the downright and outright lies that his supporters come up with is bullshit. Just like, well, he's not demanding 
a, a certain amount of money. Yes, the fuck he is. We've read on this show direct quotes from articles where he de- he's, I want this much money and I want a starting position. Apparently, he's amended it to where he, now he's willing to take, well, when he wanted $10 million in a starter position. Yep. Now he's amended it to where he's willing to take between six and eight and a chance at a starting position. Oh. <laughs> Somebody got with him and was like, Colin, you knelt on the flag. Take it down a notch. <laughs> you know, either that or he woke up and was like, oh, no one's biting. And he had the intelligence to go, maybe I should lower my fucking asking price and not make any demands of anybody. Not, not either- just that nobody's, at, not nobody's biting. It, nobody's supporting him either. Nobody came out and went, Stop blacklisting him. Somebody sign him right now. There's no following that gets behind Colin Kaepernick that's like, support the black man. No. Everybody's just like, "Uh, you're on your own, dog. I don't know. I got mine. I got my contract, though. Well, the problem is is that you're talking about a league, as I pointed out. It's very conservative in the aspect of if we're making money and you rock the boat, you will be shown the you're door. Kicked off, you're kicked off the boat. <laughs> Believe Here's this. Here's a life vest. I hope you can swim. <laughs> Believe this. No matter who they are, there's no player bigger than the NFL. I don't care who that player is. If no, Tom Brady, if Tom Brady showed his ass and, in the court of public opinion, was labeled a racist, a homophobe a cop hater, whatever, and it was affecting the bottom line, he would be looking for a fucking new job. I don't know about the new job yet, but he did get labeled as a cheater, and he got suspended. So you're absolutely right. He's when I say new job, I mean... Undisputed. When I, when I say new job, I mean new job as far as new team to play for. Speaking of which, back to your point about uh, the schools that teach fundamentals... Is it ironic that everybody that leaves the NFL and baseball all go into broadcasting to talk about their sport? It's like, that's what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was saying, the one and done for the NBA. When you don't get an education, okay, you can't come and, and build me a house or fix my sewer or fix my air conditioning. You have no discernible skills. And if you get hurt and you get injured, and you can't go back to your sport, what the fuck are you going to do? Go sit next to somebody with a microphone and talk about other people trying to do the sport that you got hurt playing. That's what you're going to do. Pretty much. I mean, that's it, you can, I mean, don't get me wrong now. There's guys who went to college, graduated, and, and then moved on to the pros who their career tra- trajectory in their mind was go to college, get a communications degree, play in the pros, and then go into the media. But I believe there's a lot more guys who go, oh, fuck, the gravy train's over, and I've been living check to check. And, uh, hey, NFL Network just called. They said, could you come in and talk on, you know, once a week on Sundays pregame? Sure, I'll do that. Yeah, right. I, mean, I, think, I think it was Von Miller that had, a like, a space engineering degree. Like, he's actually a rocket scientist, I think. Yeah, there's a couple out there. I mean, it's just like musicians. The guitar player from Queen, he's, yeah, he's he's highly educated. Like, highly educated. If, if, if he never, ever picked up the guitar again, and for whatever reason, never was able to collect a, a, a check 
on all the work he did in Queen, he could go work in the STEM industries and live very well. I mean, so those th- those guys do come along. And there's guys like, wasn't it Larry Fitzgerald who went back and, and finished his degree? Even so his when mama. he was even when he was in the NFL? Yep, sure did. Did it for his mom. You know. I mean oh shit. Was it Braylon Edwards that I heard an interview with recently and they said, Well, what do you what are you doing? He's like, I'm I I went back to college. And they're like, Well, what's it like? And he's like it's a lot different than when I was a fucking teenager going to college, that's for sure. It's like, oh, I'm the no old doubt. man in the classroom now. And, and you know, I, I give, look, guys that do that, I give them props, man. Go do your thing. You know, and look, yep. here's what Colin Kaepernick, and, and by the way, in case we, I just realized we might not have been clear. Uh, apparently, the Seahawks have a legit interest in Colin Kaepernick. And, and this is according to Pete Carroll, they're actually, so I mean, this is coming from Pete Carroll himself. They're looking at him as a backup. Yeah, but it's, his phone rang. Here's the thing, though. They're putting him against another black man with RG3. One of those two is going to be a backup in Seattle. Yeah, but, uh, dude, can I ask you, what the fuck does it matter that either of them are black? Well, because the, everybody's saying because Colin Kaepernick's black and he uh, stood up for black rights and Black Lives Matter, he ain't getting a fucking... Okay, can I say he, this? He get a shout out. Can I say this? Until he started kneeling, I thought he was fucking Arabic. I was waiting for him to say "whoa, bro." I thought. He, I mean, seriously. <laughs> I dude, we watched. I was watching that, that Super Bowl he was in, and I was like, "Is this homeboy? Is this is homeboy from like Dearborn?" <laughs> like he looks like he should be serving me a falafel, man. I mean, like I, I didn't realize. <laughs> I didn't realize he was black. He's not going to Tebow because he believes in Allah. And just to be just to be brutally honest with you, Russell Wilson don't exactly look like fucking Malcolm X either. So I mean, <laughs> I like I mean I get it. I understand that you you know you identify people. Some people will identify with you know hey, I'm black because I look more black than white, whatever. But I mean to me it doesn't matter what the fuck color quarterback is. He fucked up. He misread a situation. He was in the perfect spot to do what he did as far as kneeling for the national anthem and coming out there wearing the socks he did because I'm San sure. Francisco and because San Francisco is probably about the most liberal fucking place that the NHL has a franchise outside of Seattle. NFL. Yeah, what did I say? NHL. Oh, my bad. Always <laughs> got hockey on the brain. Always. Right. But I mean, so that's look. He, you fucked up, dude. And guess what? How about we start doing this? Instead of pointing at the other NFL teams and going, why aren't you signing him? Why don't someone point at him and go, look, even though I support what you were doing, I support the, the ideas behind it, you fucked up. You have to take personal responsibility. You own the words and actions you do and say. No one else. It's no one else's fault. And you can't fault other people who have the right to disagree with you for disagreeing with you. And if and if that disagreement manifests itself in, no, you don't get to play for my team, so fucking be it, man. I mean, at what point in this country did we decide that <clears throat> if you want to protest, you should be able to do so without any risk? Or if you want to take a controversial stand, that there should be no risk involved in it? Because if that right was the case... Right around 2003. 
Because honestly, if that was the case, you know, uh, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Huey Newton, Rosa Parks, they wouldn't have happened. Because there was all consequences for their their civil disobedience or refusal to move or the words they were saying, whatever. And they understood that. So I'm sorry, how, how deep can your conviction be if the minute someone says, I disagree with you, you fall down on the ground like a two-year-old and have a fucking temper tantrum and your, and your online supporters start crying fascist, racist, sexist, every other fucking ist and phobe they can think of to the point where those words have lost complete meaning to me coming from a certain a se- a segment of our population. My, my point behind saying that it was another black man is Colin Kaepernick is black, Robert Griffin III is black, and Wilson's black. Okay, So I don't want to hear anything else about him being blacklisted for standing up for black rights. This is not a black or white issue. To the people that you were talking about, Rich, that want to sit there and argue all day for Kaepernick and it's about being blacklisted and not because of him, the beautiful thing about me is I have facts on my side and not opinion. Like I said, his QBR rating is 55. And his last few games as a starting quarterback, he has won in like 12, okay? Nobody in their right mind wants to start a guy like that. I don't care if he broke dance on the fucking flag. Took it and wiped his ass with it. You know, did a fucking uh, Flynn thing and fashioned it into a diaper. I don't care about the flag. 55 QBR, okay? 1 in 10 or 1 in 12 in his last starts. Why hire somebody like that? You now, you can sit there and point your finger and say he's being blacklisted for all of his actions off the field, but no, he's not. <laughs> and they're comparing him to Robert Griffin III, who was supposed to be this big savior in Washington, who is actually worse of a quarterback than Kaepernick is. Has dude, a worse QBR. Come on, no. come on, dude. Come on, man. You can't believe that bullshit. You know his fucking... His protest and his wearing those fucking pig fucking socks and all that shit, it does factor in. And it does factor in also, his play does factor in as well. I'm not I'm saying. Gonna say, I'm going to say it's not even 50 50, Rich. I'm going to give it like 90 10. 90% is play, 10% is actions. Honestly. I, I, I give it 50 50 depending on the franchise we're talking about. And I believe oh, that the more cons- the more conservative... Hold everybody, on, that got in trouble, everybody that got in trouble before got jobs? Let me, what I'm saying... Excuse me, Jesus. What I'm saying is, depending on the, the area of the country the franchise is in, it depends on what percentage of it is, are we willing to take a chance that he can rebound and play and be the quarterback that he was in 2012? versus, well, that shit ain't going to fly with our fan base in this part of the country. Because I think I think in Seattle, there's a lot less people that give a fuck about the fact that he knelt during the national anthem than there would be in, say, oh, I don't know, Dallas. I think in Dallas that would be a fucking... He, and, first of all, if Dallas signed him, then Jerry Jones must have a crystal ball and, so, and know something we don't. Because if not, that's the that'd be the worst signing Dallas ever made. And two, I think he'd be openly fucking booed and hated in Dallas by Dallas fans. Now, see, everything you say is correct, even with the the percentage of where he'd be. However, 
what I'm telling you is, if he was a great quarterback or even a decent quarterback, those sins would have been forgotten. I don't think they'd been forgotten. I think they'd have been minimized. Very but I do much think, so. I do think that depending, once again, on what city the franchise is in is how much they'd be minimized. I think he would have a better shot at somewhere on the, on the east or west coast or in Seattle I, than, than he would in the south. I, he ain't going to Tennessee with that act. I'm going to tell you that okay. right now. I got family in okay. Tennessee. That ain't what I'm flying. saying is, is like Cam Newton, all right? If Cam Newton two years ago would have knelt during the national anthem, came out with some piggy socks, went on went on an interview with the Hitler shirt or whatever, you know, the way he played, people would have been like, yeah, well, he's got a point. Good on him. All right. Go Panthers. What a fucking season. Look at the way he throws the ball. And he can run. You know, th- that's my point. You, you look at what he does and you're like, meh. It's just guy being a guy, standing up for what he believes in. If he if he brings, you know, if he produces for the team, if he brings something to the table, you're overlooking the, that he's kneeling and wearing what he's wearing. But the problem with Colin Kaepernick is he's kneeling, he's wearing the wrong shirt, he's wearing the wrong socks, and he can't play. He used to could. He's a used to be. Well, the bottom line is this: we can sit here and talk about what could have been. <clears throat> excuse me, what may have been, all that shit. Bottom line is what he is now and the situation he's created around himself. And that's his own, of his own creation. No one forced him to fucking kneel. No one forced him to wear fucking pigs uh, dressed in police uniforms on his socks. No one forced him to do any of this shit that he's done. And just so people listening are clear... No one forced him to give fucking a million dollars to charities. No one forced him to go out and do good in the community the same that he did. That he was doing when he was doing all this other shit. It's just all this other shit overshadowed it. But the bottom line is, it is what it is, man. You're not the Colin Kaepernick of five years ago. Five years in in the grand scheme of life is not that big of a chunk of your life. But in the NFL, that's more than... Yeah, that's more than the average player's shelf life. All right? It ain't five years ago. You ain't hot anymore. You know what? Stick stick with Colin. Five years ago, he goes and kneels for the National Anthem. He comes out with the socks and the shirts and all this shit. I guarantee you they overlooked that because he went to the Super Bowl. I guarantee it. It's a big story because he has the right to stand up for his race. And what a guy. And what a leader. And wow, but he's not in the Super Bowl anymore. He's only won one game of his last 13 starts. His QBR is tanked. So yeah, you look at it, you look at the whole situation, him in entirety, differently. Definitely. He he can't win anything. He can barely complete a pass, if that. He's a terrible player. And by the way, you know, he's got this whole thing with the anthem and the police and Chavo Guerrero and, uh, no, go away. No, I, dude, right there with you, man. I, he would have a much easier time getting signed if it was five years ago and he was coming off of that Super Bowl appearance. Even if he during that season he had done everything he did. Yep. But I still believe there were teams that he would be that would not touch him with a ten foot pole. 
Yeah, but it wouldn't be fucking the be- almost the beginning of June and his phone hadn't rang. No, but what I'm saying is I, there would be teams that go, uh-uh, that's just too much fucking baggage to take on. This is what, this is what pisses me off. I have heard my entire life that NFL teams, the, the, the bane of an NFL team's locker room's existence is a distraction. And now these people coming out who want to back everything that he's done. And say that, you know, whatever, and it's fully support him, fine, do that. But they want to downplay this distraction shit. They can't. That is a fact, guys. This is not an opinion. This is fact. This is the same shit we went through three years ago when Michael Sam was going into the draft, and they asked Tony Dungy, would you want Michael Sam on your team? And he said, to be honest with you, at his skill level, he doesn't warrant the distraction. It doesn't make the distraction he would be worth it. Sorry. And people come out and look for any reason to attack Tony Dungy. Well, we all know he's a Christian, so that must mean he hates gay people. Tony Dungy did not get on air and say, I hate fags, burn them at the stake. He got on air and said, I don't want that distraction in my locker room, especially for someone who doesn't bring that much to the table. Yep. I've heard that all my life, man. I've heard that about guys who have drinking problems, guys who have drug problems, guys who have problems with going to strip clubs and getting into fights. I've heard that all my life about the about players in the NFL. Now all of a sudden, people want to throw that out the window and say, that's not the reason why. The bottom line is there are so many reasons why, and he did not help himself by giving people more reasons than they already had, which is you're not the quarterback you were five years ago. You're not. You're asking for way too much goddamn money, and you can fucking kiss that starter that guaranteed starting position goodbye. Are you out of your fucking mind? How many games have you won in the last season? One. Seriously? And you're demanding a starting position? <laughs> Joey Harrington and John Kitna didn't even have the balls to pull that shit here in Detroit. (laughs) So, I mean, at a certain point, look, yes, he is being blacklisted by certain teams. And other teams look at him going, "Eh, you don't have the talent to put up with the bullshit that comes with it. It's it's, It's a spectrum of reasons. It's not black or white. It's not one reason and one reason only. And the extremists on both sides want to see it as that. The people who hate what he did want to go, it's because he did what he did. See, we were right. And the people who love what he did want to go, it's because teams hate what he did. See, we're right. And it's like, there's a lot more to it than that, man. We're talking millions of dollars that are being invested into a player by a team who, let's be honest, if you if you had to sign Kaepernick, if you had to, you had no other choice, for whatever reason, every other quarterback is 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 either signed or you can't touch him for whatever reason. What That's would you like honestly, where Seattle's at? <laughs> what would you honestly expect out of him? Perform just pure performance. Fuck his socks. Fuck his kneeling during the national anthem. Fuck his charity work. What would you expect of him out of just pure performance? Fifty uh, fifty is the hope. That's where I'm at. So you would hope he's a five hundred quarterback. That's that all be, I could hope for. That would be like, whew, okay. And if you he, know, that's if Chris he, telling me to raise the bar, but you can't. Not with him. I'm right there with you. I would hope that he would at least be a serviceable quarterback that wouldn't tank our season until we got our starter back. 
which means if he needs to play for four games, he's going to win two, possibly squeak out a third. And that's all I can hope for. And I'm yelling at my defense, you guys better step the fuck up. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's that too, yeah. So, I mean, I, there you go, dude. There you go. There's two people who are on opposing ends of what his stance he took or didn't take, however you want to look at it, okay? And we're both saying the same thing but that's about, the, his, that's about his ability, which is getting overlooked in this, which is being swept under the rug, and it's the most important thing, honestly, to right. a, and, and, a team. And, and that's where, uh, you know, Seattle's at right now. Their choice for quarterback, backup quarterback, is Colin Kaepernick or a guy that gets hurt more than Tony Romo. What do you do? <laughs> you can't sign the guy that gets hurt more than Tony Romo because if you, if you, the only reason he's there is if your number one goes down. And you're almost guaranteed that if he goes in, he's going down very soon. You almost have to sign Kaepernick. Yeah. I mean, look, at this point, all bullshit aside as far as politics, who would you rather have, RG3 or Kaepernick? Kaepernick. And that's because, and this is the only reason I'm going to say Kaepernick, he's proved to be more durable than RG3. That's it. He's going to be out there. (laughs) I don't have to find a backup for my backup. Exactly. Well, and the other exactly. reason I would choose him is because of all the shit talking I've done about him. That man has a lot to prove to a lot of people. If he got the shot, I think he would try to do, you know, five years ago, Colin. Well, as of right now, see, this is what sucks about recording and it being released a few days later. As of right now, this is all in the air. Because by the time this is posted, he could either be a Seahawk or he could be back to fucking looking for a job. <laughs> and the usual suspects are on... Yeah, on ESPN's fucking Facebook page, hating on anyone who dares to fucking point out facts because they're because it hurts their feelings. And that's the other thing. This is okay. This is just this is a one-on-one conversation for anyone listening who's like me and going, you know what? I, I yeah, you know what? It it's fucked up that that shit that happens racially with the police in this country. Whatever. If you agree with me, let me just say this. I understand you agree with me, but this is the point. We're dealing in sports. We're, it's a results-oriented business, okay? In your day-to-day life, if you, if, you, if you were born with a dick and you feel like you should have had been born with a vagina, you can do something about it, okay? You can, cha- you can, you can change the facts of your situation. There's no changing the facts of the situation. The term... It is what it is, came from sports. You are who your record says you are. If he dies, he dies. Okay, I'm sorry. But this attitude of we don't like what people are saying because it hurts our case for Kaepernick being on an NFL team. Kaepernick's play hurts his case for being on an NFL team. It's not a mid-afternoon talk show. This is fucking NFL. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So stop with that shit. Because if you are a sports fan and you're out there fucking on social media attacking people, threatening to fucking take screenshots and send it to their mothers and wives and girlfriends, which, by the way, <laughs> motherfucker, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote LL Cool J. I got a gold belt buckle says, I wish you fucking would. Okay. All right. Do it. Do it. I dare you. I triple dog dare you, you bitch-ass motherfuckers. Go ahead, do it. 
All right. But if that's that's your way of handling the situation, you are. I don't think punk. LL Cool J said it just like that, just so everybody knows. You outcast paraphrasing. You are a punk ass bitch, dude. Is that's what you are? Seriously. Like you ain't. If I if after I get done fucking your mother and your and her ass, I wouldn't even pull out and wipe my dick off on your face. That's how useless you are. You can't even do that for me. You're Damn. nothing. All right. And if you're a sport, and like I said, you're a sports fan, and you still are just fucking. Going la 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 and sticking your fingers in your ears to facts because you feel a certain way, you're even more pathetic than the assholes who don't have any interest in sports besides this is a story I can get behind because of the politics involved. This is a fight for the little guy. (laughs) You know, and on top of this, this is what really pisses me off. And this is this is just a little just a little aside to this to this story. This is what pisses me off in this, is that we had a real chance in this country for about a half a second to have a honest-to-God, fact-driven, bullshit agendas put aside discussion on how class, race, and authority works in this country. Because the truth is, for all the people that want to say cops kill black people more so than other fucking races... No, the truth is cops kill poor people more than anybody else. And there's a plethora of reasons that lead up to that that we don't address, that we're not addressing. Because we're now bogged down in this quagmire of arguing over fucking Black Lives Matter and pig socks and kneeling during the national anthem. And you know what? It gets nothing accomplished. It solves nothing. It does not move anything forward. In fact, all it does is it moves us laterally up farther and farther away from each other to where there's just more, there's more division between people. And we're never going to get anything done that way. So forgive me for my fucking pie-in-the-sky hippie shit, but if you're looking around and you go, God damn, have you noticed that like, it's kind of a divide-and-conquer thing here? Like, this poor white trash, and I'm poor black trash, and we both basically share the same culture, come from the same areas of the country, et cetera, et cetera, but we're fighting amongst each other. Why is that? I don't know. Why don't you ask that question instead of hopping on uh, fucking Facebook or your smartphone or whatever the fuck and cussing people out and making threats and calling people homophobes, racist, rednecks, spades, spooks, whatever the fuck. All right, seriously, because this gets this gets us nowhere. I mean, even even goddamn it, even we argue with each. Iceman and I argue with each other over this fucking subject. Chris has even argued with him over it. I've never seen Chris argue with anybody over any subject, like I have seen him and Earl go at each other over this subject. But as we've moved on, we've learned to fucking at least go. Okay, can we find some common ground here? And we have. So if we can do it, if we can do it, what the fuck is everybody else's excuse? Jesus, you know what, dude? I'll be so glad when he's either signed or the season begins and we can stop talking about this shit. Oh, no. No, no. If the season begins without him being signed, we're fucked. <laughs> That's all we're going to be able to talk about. I know. I, can, can I hope? You Seriously. Do, do a Tebow moment for it. <laughs> oh, Christ. All right. Well, you, we've, uh, we've managed to almost do three hours without Chris. Yeah, but before we go... I was going to say, you got the fuckings. Chicago, you are officially retarded. That's it. Whoever your GM is, it, fire them, get them out. 
you're you're not even trying to be cool about it because you've done i i've no idea chris tried to explain away glennon he tried to explain away the the draft pick trades to go up a spot to draft a quarterback what the actual fuck were you thinking when you signed mark what mark sanchez i quit you're done you're not even you're not even a wannabe threat this year. You're not even trying to rebuild. I don't know what you're doing. Nobody does. But you know what? Have at it while you're while you're at it. Seattle's going to take Colin. You can have RG three. Take him too. Oh my god! You can have RG three, and you can have the Sanchez. See, you know what? Romo doesn't really want to be a reporter. Take him. I, Rich, I don't get it. I can't even. There, there is no point to this rant other than you're fucking retarded, Chicago. Right there, you with have you, lost man. your goddamn mind. I'm right there with you. I don't, I don't understand what the fuck is going on in Chicago. In I'm fact, serious. If our GM did this, fans upon fans would have marched down there to his office, drug him out, and told the Fords, "I don't know what happened to him. He's with Jimmy, Jimmy Hoffa. That's where he's at. So hire somebody else." I I would go so far as to say that with the employment situation in Detroit being what it is, uh, yeah, they might have, they you ever see what they did to Mussolini? They <laughs> have, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the Ford Ford family would have to hire its own private security firm just to fucking keep people, you know, the peasants at bay. Because this is, I dude, I had to. When you told me that they had that they had signed. Sanchez, I was like, get the fuck out of here. No, they didn't. I had to look the shit up because yeah, I did. Did, I didn't <laughs> believe you because I was like, that makes no sense. It's like if you walked up to me and I was like, hey, man, uh, what were you doing last night? And you just looked at me and said, two plus five equals a million. I'd go, what the fuck are you talking about? Did you have a stroke or something? What, how is that even an answer to the question I asked? Like, this is... Signing him as an answer to a question no one asked. No one said, Chicago, how could you it's get even, even an more dumb? No one said, hey, Chicago, we dare you to get more stupid in your fucking quarterback signings. And they were like, okay. As you it's say, not even hold my beer. Seriously. Dude, it, they're, they're on stronger than beer. The, the, they're what the fuckings is totally beyond me at this <laughs> point. They're on it. They're on that down south, real Everclear. <laughs> I, they're moonshining like a motherfucker. Seriously, they took the whole shot way too early. I, 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 I got nothing for them. I, I don't even. There's nothing productive about what they've done on this off season. I'm happy as hell about it because I can't fucking stand them. They're a toilet bowl looking emblem pieces of shit that can't play ever. But you know what? Keep going. Fuck it. Please keep going, because you were a threat no time in the near future. I, dude, if this was happening with the Saints, the Panthers, or the Falcons, I would be dancing and just like, whew. Can we get that GM's brothers to go work for the other teams in my, my team division? That's what division? I'm thinking, man. Put them in fucking Green Bay for me, would you? Holy shit. Dude, I, I want to hear the interview with Chicago's GM. I, I'm 100% serious. I do. Because I want to hear what he has to say. I'm serious. The, the damn thing has to be like, 
Yeah, so outer space with the barn, there was a cow on top. Hammer. Yeah, with the crowbar. <clears throat> what the fuck? I'm going to go exactly ahead. that's exactly what your offseason looks like. I'm going to go ahead and uh, paraphrase Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks said, I have been on so much acid. I have seen the sky split, the alien mothership come through the clouds, beam me up, take me into space, explain to me that we're all one, all part of the same consciousness, return me to Earth to spread this message. And I understood all that, and I can't understand what the fucking Chicago Bears are doing. <laughs> it's just like, like, dude, what, like, whatever drugs you guys are on, I've done my share of drugs in the past. I've done a few other people's share of drugs, too. I've never been on drugs enough to be like, this, this, this shit makes sense. I've been so <laughs> drunk that I've slept on the porch during a winter storm in Michigan. Okay? Uh, yep, 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 same here. That's drunk. I've been was so, warm. was nice and cozy. I've been, I've been so drunk. High. I've been so high at one point I thought fucking... EDM was a valid form of music. I still don't understand what the fuck is going on with Chicago. I really don't. I don't know. And it, this is how you know it's bad. I love when Chris says this. He's like, I root for a team in their division, and I feel bad for <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. There's 50 other players on that roster going, uh... The gals. fuck? <laughs> They, they need to listen to our podcast so they can get the, what the fuckins? What are you doing? Okay. We said make up your mind, but really, this is how it came out. Oh God, yeah, I, dude, uh, this is going to be. I, w I will say this. This is going to be interesting to watch how this shit plays out in Chicago, because I've yet to hear any experts any talking heads or any sports fan that I know say they know what Chicago's doing. No, no, no. They don't know. But that's the problem. Every time that a sports reporter or talking head or any, any writer wants to start typing about Chicago, it starts out with, well, it can't get any worse than this. And then it does. <laughs> As you say, like, hold, hold my beer. Right. It can't get any worse. Here, hold this. Watch. Watch me work. You know, because it started out with Glennon, and you're like, $13 million to Mike Glennon for what? Seriously? Out of everything out there, you take Glennon? What are you thinking? See, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought, the, I thought the reason they signed Glennon to the deal they did was because they knew they were going to, A, tank their season, and so they're like, well, fuck it. We need to we need to make sure the contract with the quarterback that's gonna we're gonna bring in to tank our season for us. Uh, if, if we're uh, we can we can get rid of without without being fucked over in the back end. If, if now I'm not convinced quotes, though, of that. If we're gonna do quotes, if I'm gonna quote gonna Bob Uecker in a uh, uh, major league. So they signed Mike Lennon a thirteen million dollar contract. I guess they were thinking. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Well, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which, which begs the question: Do you think right now there's like Chicago Cubs fans sitting around reading the paper with this quarterback bullshit they got going on, and they're sounding like the people from Major League going, "Who are these fucking guys?" <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're not because they know exactly who they are, and they're going, "Why?" Why? Well, I mean, 
a Every variation day, on it. Every story comes out. Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I I'm the lost. The bun wasn't enough. Right, really? The, yeah, the man bun wasn't enough either. Come on, the, now. The, the the slightly the slightly gay photo uh, photo sessions that he's had, like just. Uh, that shit may have played in New York, but in Chicago, they're just like, uh-uh, I don't think so. You know no, what we need? Chicago we need fans we... putting their fucking Bears jerseys back into the closet and keeping their Cubs jerseys out. They're just going to wear Under Armour behind it. <laughs> what, we need, what we need is Saturday Night Live to bring back the Chicago super fans to cover the fucking... Oh, dude, they lose their fucking mind. To, to, to make a skit about the clusterfuck that's going on in Chicago. I, I really think that... The time is ripe for that. Tud Bears. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a little more like, Tud Bears. It's just <laughs> defeated. No, it, it, it'd be kind of like my, my nickname on my arm. Duh Bears. Because <laughs> it's like, duh. What the fuck? Oh, Christ. Dude, even Millen, at his finest, couldn't fuck the Lions up as bad as they have the Bears. And he tried. <laughs> You know, th- here's the truth. If you took all the wide receivers that Millen stockpiled and all the quarterbacks that the Bears are stockpiling, you might have a good flag football team. I mean, seriously. I Because I don't know any other way to put it, dude. No, because they'd all be incomplete. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what was it? Uh, was it Rodgers? Yeah, they throw him the ball. He tried to catch it over his shoulder, and it hit his collarbone and shatter that. Yeah, I mean, I, dude, seriously, I, I, I just this can't. Is, right this At is, least Millen when he started getting all the receivers, got great receivers or halfway decent receivers. Mm-hmm. Mark Sanchez, really? That's where you were aiming, dude. I, I like I said. Like I said, I am I am at a complete loss for this. I do not know the end goal for this. God, I wish this Chris is, was here because he always had is, an answer. Yeah, this is this is leaving me speechless. I'm like I, I would have to defer to him if he was because I no, just no. when 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 they signed Glennon, Chris had the answer. When they did the thing in the draft, answer Chris. Okay, come on, Chris. Next week, you got to come back and tell me. Tell me the <laughs> overarching, underlying reason for Mark Sanchez. Oh, crazy. Wife wanted a dirty Sanchez. I don't know. What is this? Yeah, maybe the Cubs know they, 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 that they're just going to suck so hard next season that they said, fuck it, and they just hired some, like, or they signed Sanchez to be some man meat so the women will pay attention. You mean the Bears? I don't know. Yes, excuse me. Yes, fucking the Bears. They, they just figured, fuck it. Maybe, maybe that's our only hope is to fill the seats full of fucking horny cougars. I, 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 I don't have a clue. I, I'm, I'm on I, an yeah. offshoot story though. Speaking of quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes got drafted to Kansas City. This motherfucker down in Texas got robbed. He wasn't hurt, but two people were arrested. He got robbed at gunpoint. No bullshit. Just saw that on telly. Okay. Has yeah. he even signed a contract yet? What did they get? I, I don't think he's signed yet because uh, they just drafted him. I don't even think he's been in Kansas City yet. 
They didn't, they didn't release that. details of, of <laughs> they stole the watch and three pennies. I, I don't know what they stole, but the, he was held at gunpoint and robbed. In I'm Texas. just saying, someone must have knew who he was and was like, he's got he's to have something on him. Well, dude, between the Gruden quarterback camp and the draft and everything else, everybody knows who Patrick Mahomes is. I don't know, man. Not everyone watches sports. Proof of that is most every woman I've been in a relationship with. <laughs> Just saying. What's the Dude. rules? <laughs> yeah. Well, you remember. You remember my, my daughter's mother, and she being like, oh, so this is this is what's going to happen during the NHL season. I'm going to be a hockey widow. And I was like, yeah, pretty much. Uh, pretty much. Just sit there and hush. Cheer when yeah. we cheer. Cuss when we cuss. <laughs> Make weird sounds that we don't know the meaning of. Yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> Oof, All right. What the fuck is? <laughs> well, anyways, we're now past the three-hour mark officially, so let's wrap this up. Uh, yeah, dude, uh, I still want the fucking taps being played for Chicago Bear season. If they win one game, I will be fucking astonished. All right. Well, hey, man. Look, we we have OTAs preseason, and then we can get then it's for real. So we got we got a ways to go Which here. Don't give them time to fuck it up even more. No, that's I'm what sitting I'm saying. here thinking it can't get any worse than this. And every time, every time I said it, here it comes. <laughs> well, like I said, dude, never ever say, "Oh, it can't get any worse." It can always get worse. If they if they get RG three, dude, I'm doing a handstand. My three hundred fifty pound ass will be upside down. I'm six <laughs> upside down. All right. Well, thank you for listening, liking, sharing. We appreciate it. Uh, that's how we get the word out. Uh, if you like what you hear, tell somebody. It's really how podcasts work. Honestly, we know there's a million of them out there, but uh, the nice part is is that you can listen to them when you want to. So. It's not, it's not like the old days where you have to tune in at a certain time. But, uh, yeah, and check out our sponsors. Uh, I just realized this. Um, one of our sponsors is, is Bro Basket, and I recommended it to someone, and they said, it's all booze. It's all booze. Well, the person I'm looking to buy this for doesn't drink. Well, I didn't realize this until recently, but we actually, Bro Basket actually has non-alcoholic choices. So... Go to their website, check it out, see what you see. If you like what you see, buy it for somebody, you know. Hey, or fuck for it. yourself if you're a Chicago Bears fan. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I was about to say, fuck it, if you're a Chicago Bears fan, buy like four booze baskets for yourself. <laughs> Pro Basket is your friend if you're a Chicago Bears fan. That's true. Hey, uh, who are these four Bro Baskets for? Me. Season starts soon. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Next week. Tune in. We're hired another quarterback. <laughs> We're going to see what Jim McMahon's up to. <laughs> <laughs> the dicker. All, right. All right, guys. Uh, we will see you next week, then. All right, y'all. And don't forget, we are doing fantasy football. Later, guys. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. 
thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.